0: Welcome everybody to episode 56 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I would like to sincerely thank all the interviewees, listeners and the soccer public of the Illawarra, Australia, France, the United Kingdom and elsewhere around the world who download this podcast. Additionally, I'd like to say thank you to the great people who contribute, comment and reminisce on the social media pages. Mickey White is our interviewee in episode 56. Born in the United Kingdom in 1959, Mickey grew up with a love of the game, playing it from a young age and watching Nottingham Forest as a supporter at the city ground. This watching and playing football in the United Kingdom stopped towards the end of 1973 as Mickey and his family came out to Australia. At the start of the 1974 Illawarra football pre-season, Mickey then began his association with Fairy Meadow when he joined the club as a 14-year-old. Apart from a stint with Balambi in 1979 after he had been overseas, Mickey successfully stayed and played for Fairy Meadow until the end of 1986 and throughout the Illawarra people would vividly remember his career at this club in the local league and in the state league. Mickey then went on to play for Bulleye, Fernhill, Corleyvale, Balambie and Wollongong White Eagles in a very successful career. Additionally, Mickey has coached at Corleyvale, Balambie and Fernhill, seniors and juniors where he coached his kids, plus being involved on the committee side of things at Ferry Meadow and Ballambi, His football career has spanned over four decades and in this time, Mickey has energetically intertwined himself into the fabric of Illawarra football. After interviewing Mickey, he sees himself as a Fairy Meadow player through and through, as he gave 110% in every game and training session for the club. His knowledge of the game is second to none, and it was fantastic spending time with someone who has clear recollections of the many people he interacted with during his time in the game. My sincere appreciation and respect go out to Mickey and Linda for allowing me into their home to complete this interview. I learnt a lot and gained further insight into our local football history via Mickey's journey. So thank you Mickey, it was an absolute pleasure to have interviewed you. Please enjoy episode 56. Welcome everybody to the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I'm here in the lovely surrounds of Wanoona or Bulli, one of the two, and I'm here with a very, very special guest in Mickey White. Mickey, welcome to the podcast and thank you very much for allowing me into your home and doing the interview.
1: No problems whatsoever, Travis. Lovely to be here. Lovely to see you. Can we start from the beginning?
0: You were born in 1959 in the United Kingdom. Can you give the listener a bit of an insight into your early life, where you were born and and where you grew up.
1: Yeah, I, I was born at 13 Queens Avenue, actually, in Gedling, a suburb of Nottingham. And I was a home birth, born at home. And, um, yeah, my, my father was a coal miner. My mother was a uh, seamstress in a factory. And it was just, you know, typical, you know, working class uh, England at the time, yep. so to speak. And um, my earliest memory is of football. Just played, That's all I ever did. I yep. just played football. Uh, yeah. Six, seven, eight, nine, never, <laughs> never had a ball out of, out of my feet. And, and it, was all, it was all I did from, from the moment I got up to the moment I went to
0: bed. And was that predominantly just amongst friends in the neighbourhood or was
1: it school as well? School, friends in the neighbourhood, yep. uh, and just myself in the backyard. Wow. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah. it was from the moment I got up to the moment I went to bed. Never had a ball out of my hand.
0: So pretty much when they talk about the sort of 10,000 hours to become proficient in a, in a, uh, I guess, a hobby or, or a sport
1: even, you did
0: quite a few hours in your childhood.
1: I definitely did. Uh, n- nothing I did didn't involve a football. It's as simple as that. I, I went fishing every now and again.
0: <laughs> and, and what about... Um, you're in the United Kingdom, I'm assuming, but I'll ask. Uh, what club did you support? Uh,
1: I actually, when I was very, very young, yep. um, my mother and father, they wouldn't let me go to see Nottingham Forest okay. because of all the violence. Yep. And my uncles used to take me to go see Notts County okay. at Meadow Lane. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time down at Meadow Lane. Uh, and, and secretly, I was a bit of a Manchester City fan because they were... You know the team at the time: Colin Bell, Francis Lee, yep. uh, Mike Summerby, uh, all, all these great players. So, and they were winning everything. And just like every kid when you're young, <laughs> I, I'm going for them because they're the winners type thing. Pick
0: the best team. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, um, but when I got a little bit older, I used to sneak away on a Saturday afternoon. I used to tell my mum, "I'm going to go watch, um, go do some yeah. fishing," but I'd actually go down to the city ground and sneak wow. in and watch Forest. So, Forest has always been. My team, definitely so. Yeah,
0: and yeah. what about for most of us that live here in Australia that sort of don't understand the passion and even back then the crowds and they were terrorists, they weren't seated oh, stadiums. So, so what was the atmosphere like for a, a young guy? His yeah,
1: yeah. I, I can understand why my mother didn't let, my go, let me go to see Forest because I yep. remember once we were standing in the Trent End and I must have been about 10 or 11 and all of a sudden these Manchester United fans come running at us. <laughs> and we had to run away from the Trent End. And all these Man United fans were singing, we took the Trent End, we took the Trent End. And that was the norm back yeah. then. Uh, in, in them late 60s, early 70s, it was, it was all about violence. Uh, and, and going down and, and taking the cop or taking the Stretford End or taking the Trent End, whatever you could do, that was what they wanted to do. And thankfully it's all eradicated now. But yeah, back then it was uh, it was pretty scary. It was Pretty yeah, lively, yeah and, yeah,
0: and for yourself, was it a, a case of sometimes that you may watch watch Forest play, and then when they're away, you might go and watch County play.
1: Pretty much, Yeah. I, I basically went to Counties every home game, okay, for about oh, six or seven seasons running, because my uncles, uh, my mother had three brothers, yep, and two of them were red-hot notts County fans, <laughs> and they never missed a game. And, and I remember one year we, we drew South Shields in the FA Cup third yeah. round, and Nottingham to South Shields is like going from here to Perth. Not quite, but... A fair distance. A fair distance, and we'd go third round FA Cup all the way to South Shields, non-league team, wow. the ground, just <laughs> to watch them play. Yeah, yeah, so a lot of memories around Meadow Lane and with my uncles, but... Still, I used to sneak off to uh, City Grand any time I could. And, my and with
0: Forrest, was there a favourite couple of players that you sort of
1: always watched in particular? Um, back in the uh, mid 60s, uh, there was a player called Jim Baxter, yep. Scots fella. Uh, Ian Storymore, brilliant, brilliant right winger. Played for England, left Forrest, went to play for Man United. Uh, yeah, it's sort of not particularly one player. Yep. Just looking back now and thinking now you remember certain people yeah. because of their you know profile at the time, you know, they were world class players.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And what about the biggest game that you can recall or or your favorite game at the City Ground?
1: Well, I actually went back I came out in 74 in with my mother and father and my sister, but I went back in 78 for a six week holiday. And that was the highlight. Cluffy, Taylor, wow. European Amazing. Cup domination, everything. Um, I went to Wembley to see Forrest and Liverpool uh, in the League Cup final. And one of the mem- memories of me uh, attending the city ground was uh, a midweek, a Thursday night European Cup semi-final. Uh, I think it was Frankfurt or someone like that. Yeah. And um, it was a three-all draw. And everyone had written it off. They said, all oh, right, three all draw, you're gone. And the place was absolutely packed. We were 2 0 down. We got up to 3 uh, 2, and then they brought a Jap sub on. A Japanese player came yep. back in 78, bit rare, but yeah, that's, that's what they did. Anyway, he scores a goal, 3 3, and as you know, away goals, goals, and everyone written Forrest off. But it, I, I still remember that night. It was magical. And, and then another night was when we beat Leeds 4-2 in a um, League Cup semi-final at the Forest. Forest. 42,000 people. Wow. 42,000 people. Unbelievable. Uh, so a lot of my memories are back from when I went back. Yep. I've still got memories of before I came Ooh. out, but obviously with being a bit older, they're a bit more vivid and yeah. they stick in your mind a little bit more. But one game I do particularly remember was my old man. Uh, my dad, God rest his soul, he's dead now. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. I came home from school one day. He said, oh, come on, Mick, we're going to the, the football. Mm-hmm. I said, well, what are you talking about? County's not playing tonight. He said, no, we're going to play Forest. and uh, we are going to go see Forest? I said, what? <laughs> he said, yeah, no, we're going to Forest. They're playing Arsenal in an FA Cup six-round replay. I said, oh, yeah, great, no worries. Yeah. 51,000 people at the city uh, ground. Okay. Everyone's standing up. Everybody's standing up. And I got separated from my dad. And... I end up getting myself a nice little spot on the fence and watch the game. It, to be honest with you, I can't remember the result, but my dad was angry with me afterwards because he said, if we ever get separated, meet me at this point after the game. Yes. I said, yeah, okay. So, But, yeah, that was uh, that was a great game. I saw Forest and Man City back in 66 at the City Grand. That was great. I yeah, uh, saw Georgie Best play at the City Grand with Man United because um, I used to pick the games... That I wanted to slip see. into. Like yep. we played Huddersfield one Saturday afternoon. I said, "I'm not going to go see Huddersfield. I'm not going to watch but the Terriers. But we play, <laughs> we're playing United next week. I'm going to that. Save one. it for that. I'll save it for that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and and what about? There's obviously, you can hear it in your voice. There's a passion for the game, and it was early on, so you're, you're playing amongst your mates and you're playing at school. So um, it's hard to talk about yourself. But did you have a level of ability that you were doing okay in school football and? And amongst your mates?
1: Yeah, it, um, it's very vivid because what happened was they had the trials for our under-11 side yep. and I had to go to the doctors to get a vaccination to come to Australia. Okay, so And forever. I missed the trial. And I remember there's crying yeah, outside well, the front like, of the school gates ooh. when my mum could pick me up. Yeah, she right said, now. what are you crying oh. for, Mick? I said, the trials are all up. I'm not going to miss out on the team, and... but anyway, <laughs> luckily, luckily, the coach knew the situation, and he knew I was the best player in the school. So I didn't know—I didn't know I didn't have a problem, but I thought I did have a problem because I missed the trial. <laughs> but anyway, the next day of school, he said, "Look, Mick, don't worry about it. You're fine. You're in. Sweet."
0: So was it a was it a tough one that? And I'm assuming it was based on economic choice to come out here for work, potentially by your parents. That it was a a hard thing that you had to process yeah. in your mind that when you, they said, well, we're going out to Australia?
1: I, I couldn't... Looking back at it now, I couldn't get my head around it. I said, yeah. I'm not going. I'm okay. not going. I'm staying home with grandma. Because
0: we're, we're talking
1: around 73, so you're yeah, it was, around... It was 1973. So yeah.
0: you're turning
1: 14 or, or uh, are 14? I, I just turned 14. So, uh, Well, yeah. yeah you know, was, you've got a lot of friends. Uh, and, and school. Oh, yeah. I, I was 14, football. but I was playing under-16s. I was playing two years above myself. I was playing for South Nottingham Schoolboys. You know, it was... Everything was looking up for me. Yeah. No problem whatsoever. Everything was sweet. Uh, and, um, yeah, Mum and Dad said, oh, we're going to Australia. I said, well, I'm not. You just can <laughs> go without me. I'm staying here. I'll, I'll, I'll stay with my Uncle John or I'll stay with Grandma. I'm yeah. not going nowhere. Yeah. But, unfortunately, yeah, being a 14-year-old kid, I had no say in it. So they dragged me over here kicking and screaming. Uh, yeah. But... Yeah, well, they had to do fair. the right thing. Uh, there was myself and my sister. She was 16 at the time. So, so tough it would have well. been even harder yeah. for her yeah. at 16 than it was for me. Uh, but they made the right choice. My dad had a prearranged job at uh, BHP. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we stayed at Ferry Matter Hostel. And the yeah, rest so, is history. So, so
0: what was that like? Because I've spoke to Jan Cooper and, mm-hmm. and spoken to uh, Ian Syson, another guy in Victoria, and they all stayed at Ferry Meadow Hostel. So mm-hmm. what were your first thoughts when you got there? Well, oh
1: uh, a couple of days. I, uh, we only stayed there two weeks. Okay. Right. So when Because we first, your dad had your job. We job had pre- the job and, and my mum didn't particularly like living in the baked bean can as we used to call yeah. them back then. Because that's all it was. It was just a yeah. corrugated iron roof basically from ground oh, over yep. the top. So my mum and dad quickly said, no, nah, this isn't for us. But we only moved around the corner into Rand Street, okay, just yeah. off Elias Road. Yeah. So the f- few friends that I did make in them initial two weeks, I, I still had contact with, and it only took me 100 yards to get back to the hostel. So I had this great st- still contact with them, which helped me tremendously. Had we moved, say, down to Dapto or Albion yeah. Park or some foreign place like that, it wouldn't have been the same. But the fact that we stayed in Ferry Meadow Made a hell of a difference, definitely.
0: And so what sort of rough time did you come over in, in
1: 74, was it? It was 20th of October, 1974. Or well, 73, was it? Uh, 73, sorry, sorry yes, I yes, understand. 73, yeah. And what happened was, on the Thursday night, England played Poland in a World Cup qualifier. Yep. They drew nil nil, which England didn't make the 1974 World Cup, and Australia did. So <laughs> when I come out here... And my first day at school, I've rocked in there and I've met the headmaster. He said, oh, here we go. Here's another little pommy bastard. He said, you weren't (laughs) even good enough to make the World Cup. You're rubbish. And that just set the tone for me. I said, you are kidding me. If that's the way you want to play it, I'll play it the same way. So I I love the Australians, don't get me wrong, but any chance I can have a dig at them for losing the cricket or losing the rugby or something like that, I do. Don't you worry about that.
0: (laughs) At the time, there would have been, uh, I guess, um, some football being played at the hostel. They had their own junior club, uh, and maybe uh, for a certain period of time, but uh, you didn't go there.
1: You uh, joined
0: the, the Italian club
1: just around the corner, yep. um, Ferry Meadow. I'd never, never played for the hostel, yep. because when we arrived, it was October, yeah. and the season was over. Yeah. So I've landed there with my boots and my ball, thinking I'll get a game the next day somewhere. They said, oh, no, it's cricket's on over. now, mate. You come back in April. I said, what? <laughs> Six months with no football? You're kidding me. <laughs> so, yeah. But as it turned out, it was around about probably January 74 Four. that Fairy Meadows started pre-season. Yep. And it was at the Police Boys Oval. Yeah. Uh, not the Police Boys Oval, sorry. Don Park. yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Later, obviously, the Police Boys Oval. And anyway, I rocked up there on the first night. And Frank Saladino said, how old are you, son? I said, I'm 14. He said, well, you, you've got to go play juniors, mate. Well, you haven't got a junior club. <laughs> So, I know some a few people at Belgany. You can go up there. I says I'm going nowhere. I'm playing with me mates, Jan and and Jimmy and Neil and Jimmy, and they said no, you can't, mate. You're not old enough. Anyway, they let me train for the night. Yep. And at the end of the night, Frank comes up to me with this form. He said, "Take that home to your mum and dad. Tell them to sign it, and you're right." And they signed me on the spot. Wow. And that was it.
0: So, yeah. what what do you remember of that um, uh, seventy four season? Because Ferry Meadow were uh, like. I've spoken to Frank Saladino and their history is a, a great one. And, um, you know, they started off in the Church League in the late 60s and yeah. then at this point in time are in the First Division, which yeah. was the, the old Premier League, I uh-huh. guess, Yeah, playing amongst the best teams. And, and you are in youth grade being coached by Phil Carr. Uh,
1: Phil Carr actually wasn't the oh, first wasn't? coach. No, in 1974, it was Frank's brother, Rocky Saladino. Oh, okay. Rocky was our coach in 74. And it wasn't the most successful year. We had a pretty good side, but we just weren't ready, if you know what I mean. But 75 is a different story. In 75, Kari took us over and we smashed everybody. We won the league by 10 points. Unfortunately, they didn't have grand finals back then. For, I don't know, whatever reason. reason. I'm sure they did have grand finals in other sporting arenas, but we did not have a grand final. We were looking forward to the grand final.
0: So this is under-18s. Uh, yeah, 1975, that's, still under-18s,
1: yeah. yes. yes. And so how right, did
0: yeah. you how did you find the transition from English football to Australian football? What did you think in sort of 74, 75? Was it well, vastly
1: different? Well, from my memory, the 74 and 75 sides, I don't think we had an Australian in there. Oh, really? We had English, we had Scottish, we had macedonians we had italians i honestly cannot think of an australian player back (laughs) in 74 75 that was playing with us because they were all from the hostel, hostel yeah you know and that's the way it was and the aussie kids didn't play football The Aussie kids were rugby league league and surfing and what have you. So, yeah, my memory of it is that it was just, yeah, all us from the hostel.
0: And I I usually get a bit excited, and I haven't sort of asked with your school football back in the UK and even here at Ferry Meadow, uh, what position were you playing in your school football in the UK and when you first came over in youth grade in Ferry Meadow?
1: when I was in the UK, when I played in my own age group, uh, I played centre forward. Yep. And when I played two years up, in yep. the under-16s, because I used to play for both of them. Yep. They put me at right back okay. for some reason. I don't oh, there's another story. I missed another trial because of some bullshit that I had to go through <laughs> with my mum and dad taking me to Australia. I had to go and see somebody. So I missed another trial. And by the time it all settled down, the coach knew who I was and he knew how I was playing in the 14s. And he said, look, Mick, you can play with those, but you're playing right back. <laughs> I've got a good centre forward, he's two years older than you. And he actually went on to have trials with Forrest and County and Lincoln and what have you. So I could understand that, I was just happy to get a game, I didn't care. <laughs> as long as i got a number between 1 and 11, I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> that was your
0: first sort of interaction, you know, Rocky Saladino and, and Phil Carr. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Phil's a, a big name in the area and has done a lot as a player with South Coast United firstly and then as a coach. Uh, what were your you sort of saw Phil I guess
1: early on in his
0: coaching career? Phil, how, how was he at that point?
1: Phil, Ferrymatter was were very very lucky to get Phil Carr. Phil Carr uh, was from memory playing first grade alongside Norm Flanagan, yep. and they'd just come over from South Coast United. Yep. And Norm was the first grade coach. Yep. And Phil was the youth grade coach. And and Phil knew if, if you could play, he knew if you couldn't play. He knew. So there was no in-betweens. Yeah. Phil either liked you or he didn't like you. And if he couldn't play, well, he still liked you if he couldn't play, but he wasn't going to pick you. Yeah. You know? picks his best team. And actually, Phil Carr and um, Norm Flanagan, they, they came to our wedding when we got married. Uh, that's how highly regarded I thought of Norm and Phil and still do to this day. Yeah.
0: And so when was it in sort of, you're talking 74, 75, you're playing in the youth team? And in that second year, you did really well. Um, When did you make your your first grade debut at Ferry Meadow?
1: 74 youth grade, 75 youth grade, the odd reserve grade game. And then 76, Norm Flanagan plucked me out, me and Jan Cooper, and he stuck us in the first grade. So 76. Because uh, (laughs) it was
0: a big, um, I guess it's a big step up. And um, at that point in time, in 76, you're still, I guess, 16 turning 17. And so you're, you're playing at that point in time against guys coming back from the federation. And, and the league was pretty strong. Uh, what did you think of, of I guess, the, the first division as it, as it was called at the time? Didn't bother me. Didn't bother me. Didn't bother, bother me. And se- you're still se- playing at se-
1: right fullback? Seamless. Or right back? No, no, I was playing middle of midfield. Yeah. Alongside Flash, Norm, doing all his work for him. Because <laughs> he was getting a bit slow and old by then. So I, I played, yeah. Basically, uh, they basically just said, go wherever you want me. Yep. Basically, yeah, I was 16, run all day. You know, they loved it. And and what
0: about Norm as a coach? Because he had a, a very distinguished playing career, coaching career, and then was an administrator mm-hmm. as well. Yep, so yep. give uh, the listener a bit of an insight to, to Norm as a coach. Norm,
1: Norm lovely bloke, very regimental yep. and very... Not, not wanted to change his mind. Okay. If, if, if Norm said it was this way, that was the way it was going to be. Oh. And he was very inflexible, yep. but very thorough, very regimental, get the defence right, get the midfield right, and the rest will take care of itself. That was his upbringing from his, because um, he, he played at a fairly high level in Ireland, Norm, yeah. you know, and, and plus out here as well. So, yeah, very strict, very regimental, not to be messed with.
0: And, and what about some of the other first-grade players in 76 that you were then sort of playing with? You know, um, Duck Angelo, uh, Ray Orphan, Neil Miller, Paul Landrigan, um, Bob Fricasso, like you said, Norm was a player coach, Michael Richardson, Tweddle, mm-hmm. Rutherford. Yep, yep. What do you remember about some of those players? Yeah,
1: yeah, Phil Worthington, great target man up front. Yeah, it, but the thing with Phil was if you didn't give the ball to his feet, you knew you'd wasted the pass. Because yep. he wouldn't go and run off for it. He, he wouldn't go and chase it. So you got to play Phil on his feet.
2: Yeah.
1: And, uh, but a great bloke, a great bloke. Ernie DiCangelo, solid as a rock. Um, right or left back, I think yep. he was at the time, yeah. Paulie Landrigan, skinny Landrigan, Paulie. Brilliant pace to burn. Skills as well. Skills, yeah, yeah, skills, yeah. Mick Richardson, pooh. you could never get the ball off Mick Richardson. He was such a solid guy. And when he, when he had the ball, I, I couldn't even get it off of him at training. Really? No. When he had the ball, you you knew there's something going on here. You know, we're, we're moving forward. We're, we're pushing forward. We're not messing about because no one's going to get the ball off him, and he's going to put a pass somewhere, and you want to be on the end of it. Yeah, yeah.
0: And and around that time, you know, there's some very strong clubs in the likes of Tarawana, Berkeley, and even Fig Tree. Um, uh, what were you thinking about when you you played against some of these opposition teams?
1: I didn't care. I didn't care who they were.
0: You didn't really think about it so much?
1: Nah, It's another game. Doing what I love. I didn't care. I was 16-year-old. And (laughs) Kari would say, or Norm would say, oh, we're playing Berkeley. they're at the top of the table. I said, so what? It don't bother me. I remember we played Tarawana, and everyone's raving about Gary Tuckerman. Gary Tuckerman. This brilliant centre-half for Tarawana.
0: Yeah, played with Southcash United and
1: Safeway. yeah, Yeah, and anyway, I said, so what? Anyway, I remember one Dalton Park Saturday afternoon. I skinned him. I left him dead, as if he was just standing there. I just had no fear. I just didn't care. You know, I just went out and played.
0: And in these in this '76 season, you were still in the centre of midfield,
1: pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe occasionally you might have pushed me out to a, a right wing posse right, or yep. something like that. But yeah, always attacking, not not defending at that time. No. no, no. And for
0: you, because you're. You started with your your mates there in Jan and Neil and those sort of guys. You you were comfortable in staying there,
1: Fairy Meadow. Yeah. Oh, I was going nowhere, absolutely nowhere.
0: Seventy no. seven uh, was a probably even uh, a better a better I guess season for Fairy Meadow in first grade. Mm-hmm. You guys won the league championship that year, and and Phil had taken over the reins from from Norm.
1: That's correct. So, yeah. Yeah. Phil Phil came in in seventy yeah. seven. Um, I started off the year in reserve grade because okay. Phil bought in a, a couple of players that were, you know, pretty good, pretty yep. good for the level that we we're playing at. So I started off in reserves, and you know, uh, three quarters of the way through the season, I've made my way to first grade, and then yeah, you know, I, I basically played the rest of the year out, out in uh, middle of midfield in first grade. And how did yeah. that
0: sort of make you feel, in a sense, because? Up until then, you were you had a season in first grade and did very well. And then, first part of the year, you're sort of back in Zeds and you're thinking, well, are you just the sort of guy that says, well, that's what the coach says, that's what I'll do, I'll work even harder in reserve grade?
1: Pretty much, yeah. Pretty yeah. much. I, yeah, and as I said, uh, we, we had a very good squad. And we won the league by a country mile. We we won it with four games to go. Yep. You know, and, and so, yeah, it was... yeah, We, we had a very competitive squad... And I was still, you know, 16 going on 17, so I, I just said, yeah, okay, I'll play with you, I don't care, as long as I'm getting a game. And and that year as well, you had blokes um, coming in like Ronnie Satin,
0: and, and in particular, uh, John Bingham, um, who, yeah. who ended up winning uh, Player of the Year that year.
1: I believe he did, yes.
0: So, yes. Um, what was it like to sort of see a, a former professional come into the ranks and... And sort of plays his trade. Well,
1: I welcomed it. You know, yep. I, I said to Phil, the, the more be- the better players we get, the better off we're going to be. So I welcomed it. And uh, I wasn't in awe of John or anything yep. like that, because he wasn't that type of bloke. He wasn't yeah. He wasn't that type of bloke that waltzed in and said, look at me, yeah. I've played in England, blah, 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 or anything like that. No, no, no. He was a very quiet, unassuming man who came in and just did his job like a yep. professional footballer should do. So I, I had no problems with that whatsoever. No, not at all. And that
0: year, is um, made the grand final, and and lost at one nil to Berkeley. Uh, can you tell the listener? You know, it's it's easy to read sort of Phil Murphy in the newspaper, but it's better when you talk to someone that was there. Mm-hmm. How did you see that game go?
1: Um, I wouldn't say that we were cocksure or anything like that. Yep, we definitely weren't. Yep. Um, we knew we were favourites, and we knew we had the better team. There was no question about that, because the the proof was in the pudding. We'd won the league We'd by leave, four yeah. games. And we were, we were ready for it. Don't get me wrong. We were ready for it. And they scored in the first minute from oh, really? the kickoff. We had we, we didn't even touch the ball. And they scored in the first minute. They kicked off. Bingo. Up you go. Bang, bang, bang. Go. And we're thinking, oh, you're joking. <laughs> and then it was just that Berkeley just stacked their defence after that, from my memory anyway, because 77 is a fair while ago now. But anyway. And... We absolutely hammered him, hammered him, hammered him, hammered him. Johnny Bingham down the right-hand side, just skinning players for fun. I was coming through, charging through, couldn't get my head to a ball once. I was that far away from sticking in the back of the net. Paulie Landrigan tried his heart out. Ronnie Sutton, Ray Orford, Neil Miller, Kel Potter, everybody at the back, solid as a rock. It was just that one minute of, 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 of madness. Well, it wasn't even madness, it was just happened. So, yeah, but good luck to Berkeley. They deserved it. Yep. In the end, they hung on. You know, to go 1-0 up against Ferry Meadow and then hang on for 89 minutes and win the game, well, no-one did that. Yeah. No-one did that. I'm telling you that. So no credit
0: to them. And, and what about um, Kel Potter? Um, you know, I've talked to a few goalkeepers um, now and, and, and they've spoken highly of him. Uh, what about yourself? You've played with him for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were his strengths, uh, and what made him such a quality keeper?
1: He was just big, tall, yep. aggressive. Yep. Just came out for every high ball that was going. Pretty good on the ground too. Yeah. But just, just the uh, dominance of the man. Yeah. You know. Uh, Was his asset? And do you think he just dominated uh, that
0: sort of aura about him that other other teams sort of knew that they he wasn't to be messed with? Well, do you you think that played into their mind?
1: You've got to think as well. He had a pretty good side in front of him. Yeah. So half the time he had nothing to do, (laughs) you know. But when he did have something to do, he did it, and he was ready for it. That was the thing about Kelp. He was always switched on, always knew what was going on, and yeah, he really dominated his penalty box and. If anybody come near him, he might have a bit of an elbow well up or something <laughs> like that. He, he didn't take any... No it, prisoners? No, no. That year um,
0: in 77, it might have even been 76, you moved from Dalton Park to Police Boys. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you're definitely in Police Boys in 77.
1: Youth, we won the Youth Cup in 77 too. I, I dropped back from first grade to play in the Youth Cup along with Harry Satin. Oh, OK. And our youth grade didn't win a game all year. And me and Harry sat and dropped down to for play the with them games. for cup games, and we won it. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, we won it. So it was a, su- a successful year for the club. Yeah, it was, it was, it was called the Cass Cup back right. then. I think it was the first year that yep. it was introduced, and yep. Cass was a, a, a company that sponsored it. Yep. But yeah, I, I always remember that. M- me and Harry sat we dropped down and played the youth grade, and yeah, we won it. It was brilliant. Uh, Peter Kerr was our coach. Oh, okay. Peter Kerr, yeah, he was, he was a nuggety little left back, right back, maybe, whatever. But yeah, yeah, and he, he coached us. <laughs> and and he, he'd say to Kari, is it all right How if was here? Phil about that? Dropping back? No problem whatsoever. Yeah, okay. Kari said go for it. Yeah, Kari loved it. He loved to see the club going well, yep. you know, regardless of first, reserves, or youth grade. But as I said, the youth grade, they were terrible. Didn't win a game all year, from my memory. They might have won one or two, but they finished bottom. Yeah. But we won the cup.
0: Wow. Part of uh, Fairy Meadow over the years as well is that because of their Italian heritage that you went to the fraternity club. Uh, yourself, like you said, there was blokes from the hostel, other blokes from different nationalities. It was a great view coming from you know, having no friends and whatnot apart from who you met at the hostel to be amongst a, a wide-ranging bunch of people? At Ferry Meadow and, oh, and going to the frat after games. Definitely and so.
1: Definitely so. Because a lot of my friends, like when I was sixteen, a lot of my friends were already eighteen because of the fact that I was playing up, uh, up in my age already. group and I got to know them as opposed to hanging around with people my Your own, own age, age, which which I I didn't mind. It was fine, and they didn't mind either. Uh, So yeah, it was great. The first time I went to the fraternity club, Frank got me in and said, this is my son. (laughs) Because I I don't think I was even 16, but anyway. But it
0: was a a great place to be after games?
1: It was the place to be. It was the place to be, yeah, 100%.
0: 78, um, still a strong season, um, but not as, I guess, heady as 77, I don't think. Um,
1: from memory No, 78 was a bit of a disappointment I actually went to England At the end of the year? No, no for, uh, I went to England in February okay. of 78 And yep. I'd done about a month of pre-season with Kari And he'd managed to convince Glenn Fontana To come down oh, wow. from Tarawana And I got on with Glenn a terrific bloke And I got along like a house on fire with Glenn And I said to Glenn oh, I've got to go to England for six weeks mate I'll be back soon and he said, "Yeah, yeah, no worries. I'll see you in six weeks, just plenty of time before the season started." Anyway, I've come back, went to training. Where's Fonny? Oh, Cody said, "Oh, he left." I said, "What do you mean he left?" He said, "I oh, don't." No. I said, "Why?" He said, oh, "I don't know. He's gone." And they signed Graham Split. Yeah. And no disrespect to Graham, lovely fella, lovely fella, but Fonny had scored twenty-five goals a year. Graham would only get you twelve. And and as a, but Graham, he, great player to play with, lovely bloke, and, and put the effort in. But I would have preferred Glenn yeah. as our centre forward, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: The other guys um, in the team that, that you can talk about a bit. Um, what was uh, Richard Pieck like, and and blokes like uh, Neil Neil Miller as well?
1: Neil Miller, oh yeah, solid as a rock. Yep. Yeah, solid, good old fashioned centre half. Yeah, win the ball in the air, win the ball on the ground, knock it brilliant yeah because he, he him and Ray orphan played together okay. and Ray was slightly taller than yep. Neil uh, but they complemented each other brilliantly yeah yeah Ray and Neil definitely one of the best two center-half pairings I've seen come through fairy Meadow. to be honest with you yeah wow. yeah that's a big call and, and Ricky Peek uh, Richard Peek sorry he was mad <laughs> he was mad. I remember one day we were there training and he's cleaned someone up at training. Mike Johnson was the coach. I'm skipping a few years now. Yeah, yeah. But Mike Johnson was the coach and he's called a halt to train and he said, Richard, what are you doing? You don't tackle like that. <laughs> and he said, Mike, I train like I play. <laughs> but it was a nice break. Nice yeah, break. But a bit of white line fever. Yes, yes.
0: In 79, you, you had a. You had a season with Balambi and um, Half a season. Half a season, yeah. because you, you went the, back over to England I, I went
1: back to England, and I was there. Linda and I went uh, together. Uh, we were only 19. Um, we went together, and um, we stayed from March through June. Yep. So I missed the first half of the, season. of the season. And yep. Kari had moved on to Balambi then oh, okay. with Lukey Robards. Yep. Another great bloke, Lukey Robards, yeah and And when I came back, I looked at Furry Meadow, and they were high flying Fine, top yeah. of the league, yeah. and I'm thinking, Kyrie's ah, asked me to come and play with Balambi, I was a little bit unfit after being three months in England, <laughs> you know enjoying myself, so to speak, so I said, no I'll, I'll do the right thing by Phil. you know he's looked yep. after me over the years I'll, I'll go and help Phil out at Balambi, so I went and played. 11 or 12 games with Bellamy until the end of the season. That was at 79, yeah. And, and unfortunately, I missed out on Furry Meadow grand final win. Yeah. 3-2
0: two, two win in extra time against Tower. Yeah. But, yeah.
1: but how was it? You, you sort of... Harry Ronnie Satin played in youth grade. Uh, not sorry. Ha- yeah, yeah. Ronnie Satin played in reserve grade, scored the winner in reserve grade and then came on... In first grade and scored the winner in first grade <laughs> to, be, to win 3-2 up at Memorial Park at Carmel.
0: You don't get days better than that. No. Uh, your time at Bulimbi though, even though one, one year, because you played a lot of your uh, your career at Ferry Meadow, how was it having the year with bikes like uh, Banksy and, and Neville Bridge, Jeff farrow um, Fritz Hebbin and, and Anthony... Um, Anthony Divis and and those sort of guys. How was it uh, being amongst a different sort of bunch of blokes?
1: Uh, well, it, it was made easy for me because I knew Phil. Okay. I knew Kari, so that made it a lot easier for me. And and the players, they just welcomed me. Yep. You know, they just welcomed me. and Say, oh, good to see you, mate. Glad you're here. Blah blah blah. And and yeah, I, I just fitted in seamlessly. And they were all great blokes, all great blokes. Banksy especially. You know, he's a legend at Blambi. You, you wouldn't meet a, meet a nicer bloke than uh, Banksy.
0: And what made him uh, a good player, do you think? Because you got to play against him and then and play with him. Um, and never, even and at that, that point in time, he was still a, a
1: reasonable player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was a bit like Mick Richie, Okay. A bit like Mick Richer, Uh, Dominant, when he had the ball, very difficult to get it off him. Yep. He could, could see a pass from, you know. He, he knew where he was going to put the ball before he got it. It was one of them type of players. Yeah. And, and, yeah, a big, solid guy in midfield. Just dominated in the air. Yeah. Very, very similar to Mick Richardson, yeah. yeah. And, and a lovely man to boot, uh, Banksy. Lovely man.
0: So, there obviously, wasn't any bad blood between yourself and Ferry Meadow because back in when the 1980 season, you you went back to, to Ferry Meadow. Well, what? And, what and
1: yes, I did. I did. I went back. And uh, Hughie Tinney was yeah. coaching then. And, um, yeah, I, I actually... Phil, Phil left the Lambie after that year and he, and he started He said, oh Mick, I'm going to Fig Tree with yep. Lukey yeah. And I said,
2: oh
1: uh, yeah. and, and I felt I owed him a little bit of loyalty yep. For what he'd done for me So I followed him to Fig Tree yep. Only played four games And I said, Phil, I want to go back to Fairy Meadow, mate <laughs> yeah, I want to go back to Fairy Meadow He said, yeah, yeah, no worries, Mick, that's fine so there wasn't any hard, feeling? no hard feelings? No hard feelings, no. And Ferry Meadow were, and, were glad uh, to Huey take Huey was more than welcome. Because uh, I actually said to Huey, oh, listen, mate, I, I want to come down. It's there any chance of a game. He said, too right there is, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that was it, yeah. So I went back in 79. Yeah, and, and my first game was against Fig Tree. Oh, really? <laughs> and we smashed them 5-1. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's history. I,
0: I'm sure Phil <laughs> would have had a beer with you after the game. Uh, I think we might have had more than one, yeah.
1: <laughs> Hugh, um, uh, was he player coach that year? He was player coach, yes. And he had uh, his deputy alongside him, Reggie Chilby. And Hughie is your typical old-fashioned Scottish centre forward. If you can't <laughs> get the ball, get the man. <laughs> Not as deliberate as that. I've said it, but... But he was pretty subtle about it. He, was, he, he made sure no attacker gets past me. And what he used to do, but I used to get Reggie to do all his work for him. Hughie just stand around waltzing at the back and say, "Reggie over there, Reggie over there, Reggie over there." And <laughs> but he, he was a tremendous bloke, uh, Hughie, a really ge- a gentleman of the, of the sport. Hughie, there's no question about it.
0: And and you had other blokes that had sort of come into the ranks or come to the club in in Alan Davini and and John Socco that year and mm-hmm. and Stephen Baker. So. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it wasn't really. We're not talking. Any, you're not any weaker. No, no. There's way. a reason uh, why uh Yeah, yeah. Went on to win the grand final
1: and, and I, win the league as well. I think. I think I've got to put it down to Frank. Really, Frank knew a good player when he saw one. Yep. And the fact that we were reasonably successful uh, attracted players to us, um, and, and there was a little bit of money. Nothing yeah. like what the Dandilou's and all them yep. people paid back, back then, but there was a little bit, you know yep. what I mean? So it was a little bit of an incentive. Um, not that anybody got rich playing for Ferry Meadow, <laughs> not by any stretch of the imagination, but it was just a little bit of, oh, well, yeah, they don't want to give me 40 bucks a game, yep. why not? But yeah, Frank Frank went out and scouted all these players and yeah, he bought them in and um, yeah, Steve Baker came over from Yep.
2: and
1: uh, oh, I didn't know him from the bar of soap to be honest with you, oh, oh, who's this guy? And then took a few... Training sessions got to know him really well, and yeah, yeah he, he was definitely a, uh, a class player. Yeah, yeah, with, with probably a bit more dedication, he probably could have been a little bit better. <laughs> but uh, Steve's a laid back character, and uh, he, he was just happy playing football, and we were winning, and everything was sweet. Yeah,
0: and what was the sort of uh, the difference between uh, uh, Phil and Hugh as, as coaches, or was there much difference?
1: Um, uh, hard to say, really. I, I I really can't answer that question because I don't think there was any difference. Yep. It, it was just the coach, yep. you know. Um, Phil Phil had a lot of good players at his, at his disposal, so he, he basically just said, "Go out there and play, boys." Yep. you know, where perhaps Huey maybe had a little bit more structure. Yep. About the play and, and where he wanted you to hold your position and things like that because he's uh, playing professional football yeah. in Scotland. He had that mentality. Uh, not that Phil didn't, but, but Phil was a bit more relaxed about how we went out and played, you know.
0: That year, uh, a huge grand final win against West Victory.
1: <laughs> yes. Massive win. 5 1. 5 1. 5 1. Yes. So, uh,
0: West Victory at the time were. Uh, I guess, a very good team. But were you expecting the the scoreline that came through that day?
1: Not really, no. Not really. Because I, I had a bit of a hard time from the Fig Tree supporters because they, yeah. they turned on me. <laughs> Every time we played Fig Tree, it was reject, reject from the crowd. Because this was at Memorial Park, wasn't it? Uh, the, the grand final, final was, yeah. Yep. But the semi-final, uh, the major semi, was out at Balls Paddock at Wanuna. Okay. And Huey knew. Huey said, listen, to me." I'm not starting
0: you. Okay.
1: I said, why? He said, uh, I'm, I'm not starting you, mate, okay? Don't worry about it. But I'm, not, I'm not starting you. I know the crowd's been getting on your back. Yep. Don't want it to upset the team, so I'm going to leave you out. I said, okay.
0: That would have hurt you, irked you a
1: little bit, though. Didn't it? What? <laughs> I wanted to go out there and show them fig tree idiots you know, what, you could do. what I could do. And anyway, I, I didn't start and I, they beat us. So they were automatically in, in the, the grand, grand final, final. And we had to then play Coniston the following week yeah. to make the grand final, which we disposed of Coniston. Hughie put me straight back in and we disposed of Coniston easily and then met up against Figtree, Tree. And, uh, yeah, we just, we just smashed off the clock. Because yeah. I think that um,
0: grand final as well was on uh, Win
1: TV at the time. It was indeed. <laughs> uh, yes, it was. I... I to be honest with you, I had a tape of it at one stage, and I don't know where it's gone <laughs> oh, now. Don't tell me
0: that, Mickey. That, that would kill me.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it was on Wint it must have been yeah. a bit of a
0: thrill to, you know, you obviously won the grand final, 5-1, everyone's happy at the club, and then you get
1: to watch it on replay. Exactly right, yes. Yeah, it was actually... Um, yeah, it was great, yeah.
0: At the end of that season, um, Fairy Meadow made a very big decision uh, to go into the State League. And... Um, In in 81.
1: 81 was our first year.
0: So what were you thinking? Was there discussions with the players to say, hey, we're not playing here anymore. We've we've been very successful in the IPL and we're going to have a crack at State League. Were you just champing at the bit to go, or chomping at the bit to say, yeah, I'll be a part
1: of this? Absolutely. It was, let's go for it. Let's go for it. And what happened was... um, they put us straight into State League Division 2. Wow! Normally, you had to go from 5 to 4 to 3 to yep. 2 to 1, right? Obviously. Yep. Promotion, relegation scenario. But they accepted us straight into State League Division 2. <laughs> so we were playing the Reevesbys, the Caringais, Bathurst, uh, Bathurst uh, the second tier, um, you know, uh, Sydney clubs. And, and we were up for it. We said, yeah, no problem whatsoever. Yeah, let's go for it. And and we would we were more than equal to them.
0: And and what about um, as players? Did you have to train an extra day, or you know there was obviously bigger away games to go to? Yeah, right. Was, um, was that a bit of fun
1: and that added to? Yeah, I think the change? The f- I don't recall us doing any extra training. To be yeah. honest with you, maybe longer. Training sessions, sessions on the because it was Tuesday Thursday Hugh, back then.
0: Hugh Tinney had the first year. That yeah, he, was he that. did indeed. Yep. Yeah,
1: and it was Tuesday Thursday back then. So yep. I don't remember Hughie putting on us an, any extra pressure for us to uh, to uh, to do anything. But but we didn't need it. We were all young and we were all fit and we were keen. And Alan Devanny, what a player yeah, he was. Yeah, can you can you Alan talk about Devenny. him because
0: I've read the newspaper oh, reports mate. and. And there was big raps on him, he, and, and even to the extent that he was on the fringes of representative football. He
1: was, he was, he was, he was unbelievable. Just naturally gifted player. I was never a gifted player, but he was a gifted player. And what position did he? Did he, he, he was play. middle of midfield, and he just oh. run the show. He'd run the show. Yep. He boxed to box, absolutely fantastic. And he, he he got called up to the AIS okay. in Canberra and was training with the training with the Australian, so called. You know, there might have been 30 players there, yeah, but yeah. he was part of it. And that was... What happened to Alan, I remember it vividly. We were playing at the Police Boys Oval. Uh, this was 82 by now. okay. And Alan, he, he went down in the box like a sack of potatoes. Yep. And I I, I, I said, oh, this, don't, this isn't good. This is not good. Yep. Anyway, they took him off and he never came back on. And he had a bit of physio and one thing and another. And back in the day, you know, you're talking 82. There was no keyhole surgery back then. There no. was no getting over the injury. MRIs or- all. Yeah, yeah. It was just your old-fashioned what have you. And Casey DeBruyne was the coach. And we'll get to Casey later. Casey DeBruyne was the coach. And he was insistent that our place. And he made sure. And it, he'd walk on the field with more strapping on his leg than Phylac. <laughs> and and he never recovered from it. He never recovered. He was never the same player, which was an absolute crying shame. He never recovered from it. And he should never have been forced to go back onto that field. Field. But everything's easy in hindsight, you know. And back in the day, number one, Alan wanted to play. Yeah. So you can't blame me for that. He said, I'll do anything to get back on the park. Number two, Casey was desperate for him to play because he was our best player. And it was just, Nobody was looking at the bigger picture and saying, hang on a minute, this ain't right, he's going to have an operation. If he wants to have Play a longevity, term. he's yep. got to have an operation. So that's what happened with Alan, it was, it was tragic. Uh,
0: back to eighty one. now he's had a pretty successful season um, and, and he's ended up making the, the grand final against Karingai. Yeah, we won. I think one nil, two
1: 0 I'm not sure what it was. Yeah, so but we were disappointed because we didn't get promoted. <laughs> promoted. yeah. We didn't get promoted. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, we didn't get promoted. And and oh shit, I think we I think we were gone. Maybe it didn't go down to the why. It wasn't a last no. game scenario thing. I think we were gone. We knew that. Because mathematically, Hugo won the it. league that year. Yeah, yeah. So it, we knew that we couldn't make the, the promotion. Yep. So Huey said, "Oh well, no, my guys." We've got the grand final. Let's aim for that. So we aimed for it, and we really didn't give a toss about it, to be honest with you, until we made it. You know, because we were all that disappointed that we didn't get promoted. And we'd, we'd won grand finals in the past, you know. we yeah, another grand final. We want to get promoted. We want to go to state League. Don't worry about the grand final. So anyway, until we got there, we weren't really worried about it. But once we got there, we
2: Different said, we're going to win it. this.
1: We're going to win this. And we did. And it was brilliant. And what yeah. do you remember of the game or the goal that, that um, won the game? I think it was Graham Gardner might okay. have scored the winner. Okay. Graham Gardner up front might have scored the winner. Uh, I think it was played out at Blacktown Sports. Okay. Uh, it was a Sunday afternoon, hot day, uh, as it is in September, October. But no, a lot of Fury Meadow players, uh, supporters travelled up. Yep. We had a few supporters in the crowd and, um, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was great. And at that point in
0: time... Uh, what did you think of the standard of, of that league compared to the Illawarra Premier League that used to come up from the year before? Was there that much of a difference? No. No? No. No way in the world, was it. So the IPL no. was a good standard compared oh, to... The,
1: the, the Illawarra Premier League in the 77, 78, 79, even 80, uh, probably half of them could have held their own in, okay. in, in State League Division 2. Okay. Easily. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah.
0: And you sure. were pretty happy with the way you were going. Were you still in the centre of midfield, or were you back more
1: at right back at that point in time? Uh, no, no. Hughie, Hughie kept me in the middle of midfield. midfield. I maybe played a lot out on the right wing Pushed as out well. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But no, it was the following year that I ended up at right back. And I don't <laughs> really want to go there, but I will tell you the story. All right.
0: <laughs> so, so eighty two. We're talking. There's changing coach. Hugh, um, for whatever reason, didn't take the
1: position. Well, it 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 served Fury matter very yeah, very definitely. well. And and he, he said, well, uh, I've had enough. Time's right? Time, time, time to move on. I, I can't do this Sydney thing anymore. Yep. Uh, and I think I think he went on to coach another side. I'm I'm not sure, but Casey De Bruin whilst in, didn't he? Yep. Casey De Bruin, the mighty Casey De Bruin. He was a nutter. And he brought all his favorites with him, didn't he? All his favorites that had been, we're been hanging around. Uh, Phil Mowbray, Phil, Phil Matthias, Warwick Young. Uh, he, he brought all, and, and look, I've got all great players, don't get yep. me wrong, and, and our squad was probably peaking. There was a few players that were ready yep. to, to drop out to move and, and move on after Huey had moved on so in a way it was a breath of fresh air because casey yep. had this really professional attitude yep. uh, but he was a nutter i've never heard anybody go off at half time <laughs> like casey the Bruin has so he could but give it, he, a bit he, of a brought, he brought all his favorites so all of a sudden mickey white who's mickey white you're out and i was out i'm thinking what can't be anyway he had one spot left to fill and it was right back <laughs> So anyway, we had two trial matches left, and he trialled Charlie Demico. I remember, from Paul Kembler. He trialled him in one, and he trialled me in the other, and I I got the most points. So I ended up being right back for him.
0: So is it back to the sort of your normal philosophy that you've held throughout your career? You just want from 1 to 11? Exactly. That's exactly right.
1: Yep, yep. So long as... Well, actually, 2 to 11. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to be in the sticks.
0: (laughs) So... uh, that year was, um, I guess, uh, a very successful season. Again, didn't win the league, but won the grand final
1: against Blacktown United. Deja vu all over again. Missed out, didn't get promoted, won the grand final. We still enjoyed it, yep. and we had a great time. But but it was in the it back was, of everyone's was, mind. It was disappointing again. Second attempt, went so close. Win the grand final, don't get promoted. Was the year worth it, you know,
0: and, and that year as well? Um, you then had um, a local derby in Wollongong United, um, in 82. In so, um, uh, what was it like to, to play against uh, a local team?
1: Um, it wasn't the biggest derby that we'd had, yeah, but we, um, we were super confident, we weren't worried about them. Yep. They, they were just upstarts coming through, followed yep. Fairy Meadows' lead in going through to the state, state league. So we weren't worried about it. No, no. That didn't worry us.
0: And for yourself, was there, I guess at this point in time, you, I guess you're around the 23 years of age, you, you've got a job. Um, was the
1: training and travelling to Sydney not really worrying you? You just, well, I wasn't actually travelling to Sydney at that stage. That was a bit later on. Okay. So I was still uh, living and working in Wollongong, Wollongong. In, at 82. It wasn't. Until um, eighty six, that okay. I was uh, working and living in, uh, uh, working in Sydney and catching the train and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Eight. eighty two was a good year, a good year. Casey brought a lot of discipline to the club, yeah. and a, a lot of uh, a lot of good things, a lot of good players, yep. uh, and, and a good attitude. Uh, but he, he only lasted the one year, then he walked. So eighty three. Casey leaves and Bill comes
0: in. Bill DeGraff,
1: not as coach, not as coach as Mike. A, jo- Mike Johnson Mike, came in Mike as coach. Mike started,
0: yes. And so, um, uh, what happened with Mike? And, and why did then well, Bill a- end up? Well,
1: a- eighty-three. Mike came in and he was next level. He was next level to any coach that I'd e- previously. Even Casey. He, he, all of them. Leave them all for dead.
0: So absolute what, what, next level. What was level.
1: next level about him? Well, he introduced three nights training. Straight away, three nights training, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and he he organised one-on-one sessions uh, after training for people who wanted to stay back, and just the whole professional attitude of how he set up his training grids and his training drills, it was just something out of this world. And did you you enjoy that? Oh, we embraced it. Everybody embraced it. Everybody loved Mike. You know, he was a weirdo. Oh, I shouldn't really say that. Sorry, no, no, but R- he's a bit wrong, e- wrong e- terminology. E- eccentric. Yeah, eccentric. Better yep. choice of words. Um, but now everybody embraced it because we loved it because we wanted to get better. Yep. We wanted to get promoted, and that was what it was all about. And we thought this is the way. We're training three nights a week now, yep. and, and we've got you know structured training sessions, and we're going through drills, and we're we're going through how we're going to play on, on on the weekend and things like that, which didn't really happen in. in in the uh, earlier years of yeah. Fury Matter, it was just, "oh well, boys, off you go, yeah. and, and you know. And then Mike quit halfway through the year, and Billy DeGraff took, took over, over. Okay. as coach. And the first thing he did, he brings in Clive Campbell, his Kiwi mate. From the Wolves. Oh, I don't know where he came yeah. from. Uh, and and drops Alex Bondalo Wow. in the first game. Clive Campbell had only been to one training session, and he brings him straight in and drops Alex Bondalo. So it didn't really catch... Uh, didn't, it didn't carry sit well with me, with it boys. didn't sit well with anybody No, no, no Because Alex was brilliant Yeah, talk a bit about Alex because oh. he was a phenomenal talent Oh, he was just.
0: And, and what yeah. made him, What? where did he play uh, and Alex, what made him good? He, he, the, he was
1: he was just a middle of midfield and he was just on the ball all the time He was on the go all the time He knew how to put a pass through uh, he, he, he wasn't a big head or anything yeah. like that He was level-headed yeah. uh, Just a really nice young kid you know, And I remember sitting on the sidelines. He actually played reserve great the, the day that uh, Billy dropped him. And I was sitting on the sidelines with Howard Hadley. And we're watching this kid go around. And Howard Hadley says, this kid could do anything, Mick. He is the best player <laughs> I have seen at that age in a long, long time. time. I said, mate, I agree with you. He, he can do anything, this kid. And I think he actually, I don't know if he played for yeah, a, he, Australia under 18s, maybe? I think,
0: yeah, I think he did. And then yeah, he... Yeah. It, Played some time in the NSL as well. Yeah, yeah. So but, was it yeah.
1: obviously a bit of a shock
0: from? Was it a bit of a disappointment that Mike quit and oh and, yeah, and not did, no disrespect to Bill de but you know you embrace this change. Yeah, yeah. Extra sh- sessions, all this one-on-one mm-hmm. stuff, and yeah, and then Bill comes in.
1: So yeah, and,
0: and and you were and not saying you then didn't get paid, but you, you sacrificed some of your. Uh, no, it
1: was only two hundred bucks. Who cares? To be honest with you, I don't think the club chides me at the end of the day. <laughs> it was Phil Murphy got on the... Good story. Good story type thing, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, no, so, yeah, it, 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 and we didn't even make the semis yeah. that year. Or we didn't, we didn't win a grand final that know. year. We thought, what's going on? We've won five in a row. <laughs> We're not in the grand final. <laughs> and we didn't get promoted. <laughs> yeah, so, but 84, Mike came back. Yeah. And that changed everything. And 84 was, was he David the same?
0: Um, the same sort of next level like he yes, was before?
1: It, 100%. And, unbelievable. And um, we got better players too in 84. Because um, you had
0: Tony Charnock come in, Neil yes. Williams. Yeah,
1: Neil Williams. He was the difference. I okay. think he was the difference between us getting promoted and not getting promoted because he'd won the Rothmans medal for State Player of the Year the year before with Canterbury. Yeah. And he'd come down to us... And we said, this is brilliant. you got the New South Wales State Player of the Year playing with us. Because he was a Wollongong boy anyway. Yeah. But he was just that good that he had to go and play in Sydney. And what, yeah. where did he play for the listeners that don't know uh, about Now, he, him he just ran the show in midfield. Yeah? Yeah, just ran the show in midfield. Did whatever he wanted to. Went wherever he wanted to. Did whatever he wanted to. No problem whatsoever.
0: So that 84 season was a, was a great season. And like you said, you, you got the promotion that you've been dreaming of. So roughly, if you can remember... What was the sort of lineup from one to eleven that roughly played most games that year?
1: Most games that year, because you had in goals at Kredge, that point. Cradge, uh, John kranovic Yeah, yeah. Um, Bakes, Bakes played. Yep. Gardner played. Yep. Uh, I played. Yeah, Dominic Cario Dominic as well. Dominic Cario was... Mick yeah, a big part player. Mick Richo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jock Melando. Oh, Jock. Don't get me started on Jock. He, <laughs> he's a classic Jock. I remember Mike Johnson. Jock, yeah, can he play him out? He'd pull him up at training. And he'd done something wrong. and. <laughs> Mike could say, "Jock, you can't play, Jock. What are you doing? Have a look at what Mickey's doing over there. Just do that. You can't play." But that was Mike's mentality. Okay. He was getting in Jock's brain okay. and, he, and getting in his mindset to spur him on, because yep. Jock could play. Don't okay. Jock could play? There was no question about that. <laughs> but for some reason, Mike got frustrated with him, and that, that was Mike's way of. of, of Giving Jock a rev up type thing, if you know what I mean, yeah. Because
0: in those sort of early stages of Jock's career, he was uh, playing a bit of striker and then later on through his career and even in the NSL, he played in defence. So um, where was he
1: playing at Ferry Meadow? He played uh, played left or right midfield. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He didn't play in defence because he played in front of me. Me. Because I was still right back by then. Yep. You know, I'd, I'd sort of cement my at right back and, and that was that, you know. Even though I'd loved to have gone back <laughs> into the middle of midfield or up front again, it was just wasn't to be because, you know, they said, oh, you're the best right back we've got, so you're staying there. And I said, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and and what about um. Uh, Robert Giroudi? He, he was at the club that year. Robbie,
1: Robbie yeah, very, very dominant player, Robbie. Yeah, love Robbie to bits. He's still a great friend of mine to this day yeah. uh, very aggressive yep one of the one of the first ones actually that I'd I'd seen like a lot of the centre forwards that I'd played with before were aggressive yep but Robbie was super super aggressive he really wanted to get in there first yep and he really wanted to get he, he put his head anywhere it <laughs> wouldn't matter wherever the ball was Robbie would stick his head in there or he'd stick his foot in there or he, he'd hold a player off and yeah I, he he was Probably the, the complete centre forward for me, definitely, yeah, 100%.
0: So with the likes of, I guess, him and, and Neil Williams and you still like you had, Tony Charnock had,
1: mm-hmm. had been a
0: celebrated IPL player yep, and, yep. and came into State well, League and, and did was reasonably
1: a, well. There was a bit of a story about Tony Charnock because he'd signed with the club and I believe he got, he got a bit of money yep. and, and something happened with his work or, or whatever and he wanted to leave and the club wouldn't let him leave. So he said, well, stuff is, I'm not going to play. So he didn't play for about oh, eight or nine weeks. Okay. And we were getting thin on troops. We were getting a few injuries here and Into the there. middle of the season. And anyway, I said to Frank, Frank, come here. After training one night, I said, what's going on with Tony? We've got to go see him and get this sorted out. He said, yeah, okay, Mick, let's do that. Because so, in the back of your mind, like the rest of the players, you just wanted to get promotion? Yeah, yeah. And I said, Frank, we've got to go sort this. So me and Frank Saladino went to Tony's house and said, righto, Tony, this is the story. You're contracted to the club We know You've got issues And you want to leave yeah. There's only five games to go You come back for them five games You've got a free transfer At the end of the season Okay No preference Walk away Everyone's happy And Tony said Right I'll be back And you know what He scored the winning goal That got us promoted Beat uh, Wollongong United 3-2 At the Police Boys Able Yeah t- Scored the winning goal
0: Talk about that game Because it was the last game Of the season It was the last it?
1: game Of the season Local derby yeah. Everything's on the line Oh like the, the stories of five thousand people there and this, that, and the other, but mate, I've never seen the police boys Oval as Because it is um,
0: for people that don't know of the ground, um, that aren't local, it is a pretty compact ground, and and even it surrounds. But you're saying that they will packed in like sardines. Oh, they were, and,
1: and I tell you what, if there was four thousand there, three thousand of them was Macedonians. So Full even on. even at a it, home it game, it was our it home was pretty ground, pretty much a away game. 3,000 of them were Macedonians, and they were turning on us. They were giving it to us. And, and to be honest with you, you should never have got to that because we, we had it wrapped up, and then we slipped up. We, we had a five-point lead. We down to a four-point lead. whittled down to a three-point lead. We down, three down to, oh, shit, whoever wins his last games get promoted, us or Wollongong United. We <laughs> threw it away, but it all worked out well in the end. But, yeah, absolutely tremendous game. Jock Jock had a great game. Played with a broken toe, actually, Jock Oh, really? Did. Yes. Played with a broken toe. Um, I set him up, actually, for the second goal. Uh, Wollongong United, Paul Girolli scored a really nice goal for, yes. for Wollongong United. And, oh, he's getting real tense. Real tense. Real tense. Anyway, we've, we've got a, a free kick about oh, 25 yards out on the... On the left-hand side yep. of the police boys oval heading heading east and tony's just stepped up he said i'm gonna have a go at this week i said yeah do what you want mate have a go at it why not and he's, he's cracked it it took a bit of a deflection on the way and it's in the back of the net wow
2: three
1: two wow i, I can't say the place erupted because it didn't <laughs> There was a massive groan around the place because them three thousand macedonians
0: were oh, hugely
1: disappointed oh and you should have seen the way they, I've never, ever seen a group of supporters walk away from a soccer match so disappointed. They were devastated. We were on the pitch celebrating. We are the champions. We are the champions. What have you. Hugging Mike. Hugging Frank. Hugging Walter. Hugging everybody. And then I just turned around and just saw this mass of Macedonians with their red scars and their red shirts on. Just walking out. It was, it was as if there'd been a death in the family for me. Wow. And, and Mike actually touched on that when, when we went back into the shed. He, yeah, he, what did he, he say? He, he made us all sit down and said, Listen, guys, sit down a minute. He said, I know you've won, but have a thought for them people out there. Football is them people's whole life. That is what they live and breathe for, and they have never been so disappointed in all their lives as they are today. Just think about that before you go on your celebrations. That was the type of guy he was. And back at the frat that night, um, oh, a few geez. brown cordials had <laughs> and, and big celebrations. Because like you said, it was four, three, this is the fourth year. and Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, what happened was Frank had organised for somebody to video it, right? The Beautiful. game. The game. The game. Beautiful. Because okay. Mad Monday yeah. type thing, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and anyway, so we thought, oh, great. So we'd, we'd had a really great night back at the frat after the game. And then we'd all rocked up about 10 o'clock the next morning, ready for Mad Monday. And Placido's there. I'll, forgive me, Placido, but I forgot your second name now. Yeah. Well, Placido had the video set up. Yeah. And we said, right said, Righto, hit the tape. Because we wanted to watch the whole game. 3-2, <laughs> 90 Promotion. minutes of action. We're on Mad Monday. We were all on the high. We, we were really looking forward to it. Anyway, so they've got us warming up and everything and running around and, way to the crowd and what have you. Anyway, tape goes off. We said, what happened? He said, oh, it was raining. I had to turn it off. We said, you're a kid, aren't you? So we got nothing. We were left with nothing. We were devastated. <laughs> <laughs> so we just had to reminisce ourselves and, and, and make up stories. Oh, yeah, how oh, good was I, How oh, good was he, how oh, good was that, uh, you know. <laughs>
0: uh, 85, uh, there's a change in coaches. Uh, was, was there ever a chance... Coming into 85, that Mike would stay on?
1: Because no, John, John no. Fleming took the job. No, Mike pulled the pin Okay. that evening of winning the grand final. Oh, really? Uh, the, the, Mike pulled the pin after we got promoted, promoted. that night. Okay. He said, I'm gone, I'm finished. And Neil Williams uh, took over the coaching role for the semi final okay. series, which we didn't make the grand final, but we didn't care. Because yeah. we'd already Run got our grand final, you know. And then, yeah, um, it was a toss up. Because I I remember talking to Frank and um, Walter about who was going to replace him. And there was two candidates, John Fleming and Larry Gaffney. Okay. They were two candidates. And I said, look, I don't care. Either one of them will do me.
0: Yeah.
1: Make sure you get one of them. I, I, I don't care. Get one of them. And John came aboard. And John brought a few other people in with him. Yep. And, and, and at that stage, everybody wanted to come play with us anyway because we're playing State League. Yeah. You know, anybody Top was anybody. Division. Yeah. I remember Phil Brown came over and we wanted to get him, but he was so in love with Fig Tree and he wasn't dedicated enough, but he, he could have walked into our side, Phil Brown, from Fig Tree. Well, let, he, he could have walked into our side. What,
0: because it's quite a few people now and maybe people that listen to this regularly are a bit bored of me talking, but... When you're talking big names in the Illawarra Premier League, he's a huge name. Oh,
1: massive, and massive. what made him a good player in your mind? Oh, just just a dominant figure yep. on the field. Yeah, when he's at the ball at his feet. Another type, like your Richos yeah. and your um, them type of people. You just Rob couldn't Mates, get the yeah. ball off him. And, and just do quirky things and just know when to pass, know when to run, know yeah. how to position yourself. Oh, mate, he, he should have played with us. He deserved to play with us. But, but he was that in love with like fig, fig tree that he, he, he was loyal to fig tree and I take my hat off to him for that. Yep. He was loyal and he stayed with fig tree and and I say hats off to you, Phil. You know. But he could have made it missed in. a chance. He could have... could have come and played with us for a few years and gone back and, to fig, fig tree mate. Quite easily. Well
0: you think he would have? Well enough.
1: A... Oh. <laughs> there would have been scouts from Sydney chasing him. <laughs> Once he started playing in Sydney uh, against the Lysa of Marconi's and your Olympics and your Maludas. And, and your Sutherlands and, and teams like that—they were said, "Who's this kid? We want him." He could have done anything, Phil Brown. Seriously, he could have done anything. Uh, back to John Fleming and, and eighty-five uh,
0: for yourself—a um, bit of bad luck pre-season that year. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You had
1: an injury. Bit, bittersweet year for me, eighty-five. To be honest with you, uh, I got injured pre-season. And it kept me out for six weeks. Yep. Uh, and when I got injured, I, I, was, I was the captain, and John and I, no problem whatsoever, we knew what direction we wanted to go in yep. and how we wanted to play. Got injured, set me back for six weeks, lost me spot, and they won 14 games straight. They won <laughs> their first 14 games in the State League. <laughs> so what hope was there for me to get back in? And I don't blame John for that. I yep. perfectly understand it. I don't think he changed the team. I think, from memory now, we had the same starting eleven for ele- for, for those games, fourteen games, yeah, wow. yeah. And then we lost the plot. I don't know whether John lost the plot or the team lost the plot or whatever. But again, we were that far in front, that far in front. We should never have threw it away. And I remember we were playing at Caramoal Memorial Park against um, Auburn Uruguay. They were called okay. back then, right? And anyway, it's a Sunday game. We were expected to win easily, and and that basically would have sealed the... The We would have won the state league. Anyway, you wouldn't believe it. It was Uruguayan National Day, wasn't it? (laughs) Ten busload of Uruguayan supporters turned up with their horns, with their drums, with their scarves, with their singing. They've converged on Memorial Park, absolutely took over the place... And obviously the players that they were playing with got a lift from that. Yeah, definitely. And they just played out of their skin. So we, we got beat 1-0. And it was because of that. Oh, there must have been at least 1,000, maybe more, of these Uruguayans going mad, all in their Uruguayan shirts, waving their scars, beating their drums, <laughs> drinking their vino. They were on that time of their lives. And it rubbed off on their players and they beat us 1-0. And then Flem lost the plot. Oh, jeez, what am I going to do now? Drop Steve Baker. Bring Mickey White back in. I'll go play myself. I'm playing up front now. And it all went downhill from there.
0: So you you really can't... It was just one of those seasons where you just couldn't then get back on track?
1: Well, I I came back in after, after we started to dip a little bit. Yep. Uh, maybe because of an injury to another player. Well, that's fair enough. Uh, and I came back in for the last five games. And... No, we we just we just dropped too many points late in the yep. season. Silly draws here and that loss against Auburn, like I said. And um but we managed to regroup. We we finished second. Yeah. And uh finished second to Canterbury I think yeah, it was. was Canterbury uh, Marrickfield yeah. Olympic or whatever
0: they were yeah, called uh, at the moment? And we played
1: all? Canterbury in the major semi. And Flam in his wisdom put Reggie Chilby at centre forward. <laughs> <laughs> I said, whatever, John, whatever, that's fine, you know, because we were still on a bit of a downer after throwing yeah. the league away. And uh, anyway, Reggie scored the goal. We win 1-0, we've made the grand final. Happy days, you know. <laughs> and then I was lucky enough, John stood by me, and, and I thanked John for that. Uh, he made me captain for the grand final. Actually, he made me captain when I came back into the side, and I, I was captain for the uh, state league grand final yep. at my County Stadium against Maluda. We got smashed four 0 but that's just the way football happens sometimes, you know. Uh, but yeah, Melita were at a top side. They had a bloke up front called Lenny Vile. He was uh, he was brilliant. Oh yeah, just uh, too good. Yeah, just too good. Just too good for us. Yeah.
0: But you were probably you know I guess one position off of winning the league, and then the potential. And even though when I spoke to Frank, he said it probably wouldn't have happened, but there was a chance at N- the NSL the way. You had the North and South divisions, and the way it worked, that
1: you know, there could have been promotion to NSL. But Fairy Meadow were never ever going to enter the National League. But what the fraternity club suggested was how about the Wolves and Fairy Meadow amalgamate? Okay. Because you're both dominant in what you're doing. The Wolves the Wolves were a, a little bit iffy at the time. Adrian Olsen was the coach, and they weren't going quite as well as what we were. We were having more success than them, yep. albeit in a lower league. Uh, but the, the frat suggested, how about you amalgamate? Uh, and we can really push this you know, National League thing. Anyway, Adrian Olsen turned around and said, why would we amalgamate with Fury Meadow? What have they got to offer us? <laughs> And I thought, well, okay, Adrian, you're quite entitled to your opinion and your view. I've got no drivers. Don't get me wrong. I'll get along well with Adrian. I've got plenty of time for him. But I just felt it strange that he should say a statement like that. And anyway, lo and behold, what happens? We lose the grand final. John Fleming already knew on the bus up to Marconi that he was coaching the Wolves next year and he'd already lined up to take off our players with him. So John goes off to coach... The Wolves. Takes half our team with us. Adrian gets the sack from the Wolves because John was taken over. And do you know what we end up with? All the Wolves rejects. They come and back play with us. And we got relegated. The next year. 96. Got relegated. Finished absolute stone motherless. Yeah, 86. Yeah, 86. So
0: it must have been like,
1: like...
0: a huge disappointment for for people like yourself that have been around the club a
1: long time. Well, I I had another major disappointment. I I think I missed 14 games with a knee injury. 86 we're talking 86, So yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, um, something went wrong with my knee. It was unrelated to my initial injury, but it it just kept me out. And and I missed probably two-thirds of that season. And it wasn't pretty to watch. It wasn't pretty. Larry Ashbolt was coaching us. Nice fellow, Larry. But as I said, we'd lost all our best players and the players that came in to replace the ones that John took to the Wolves were nowhere near as good. And, yeah, we, we basically reverted back to a district side. And yeah. and
0: was it at the end of that year that, with a heavy heart, that you, you then went in 87 to Bulleye and, well, and what joined happened, up with what, Norm what, happened, Norm, what, what happened?
1: What happened was, in 86 after we got relegated, there was a bit of a crisis meeting and we went to the AGM and I knew that Walter, Walter Chishkin, as much as I love the guy and, and how much time and effort he put into that club and his own personal money, I yeah. might add, and Frank as well, I knew that Walter had had enough. He was a secretary, but I knew he'd had enough. And anyway, we're at the AGM and he sprung it on me. Mick, how about you be secretary? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, why not? Yeah, because I love the club. I love the club. I'll do anything for the club. Yeah, yeah, okay. Why not? So I became secretary. And the first thing we did was appoint uh, Barney King as coach. Was it it Barney King? I'm sure it was. Oh, no, it's Larry Gaffney. Larry Gaffney we appointed. And the first thing that me and Larry did was went out and signed Barney King and a few other players to try and get us a bit more, you know, back to what we were with with the decent players. And... As it happened, uh, uh, my wife and myself, we had our fourth child. I, I had four kids under eight. I, I was I was working uh, in Sydney, yep. seven o'clock training in the morning, not coming home till seven at night, trying to squeeze three nights a week in a training, plus trying to be secretary of the club. It all just got too much for me. And I, said, I'm sort of, I, I went and saw Frank at his home one day and said, Frank, I'm sorry, mate. I've got to, I've got to give it away, mate. I, yep. I, I just can't do it. And then that's when Norm Flanagan... Was coaching uh, uh, a yeah. and I actually rang Norm up and said, listen, mate, I've, I've left the meadow with, with a heavy heart. I didn't want to, but I, I have to for family and work reasons. Any chance of a game out of bull He said, yeah, Mick, no worries, come down. And I went down there. And Tony Charnock was there, and um, yeah, uh, uh, Dave Quetcher. Warren Baker. Uh, Warren Baker. Serson, the the Lewis, Lewis boys, yeah. Ian Surson, yeah. Stevie Quirk. Yeah. Salah. Uh, we had a great side. We had a great side. Gia
0: Russo, um, yeah, Steve yeah, Sargent, James Hobbs, yeah, all those yeah, sort of guys. So how did you find that year a boy? Obviously, oh, that, was that that year, South Coast Croatia with Neil Williams, they were a dominant team and Joey yeah, Coelho yeah, and yeah, all that.
1: Yeah. I, look, we, we should have won the league. We lost our last game of the year, 1-0 oh, to Port Campbell. Bobby Fryer put in a 30-yard screamer to beat us. And we finished second. And that was a bit of a disappointment. And South Coast won it, I think, whatever. Yeah, I think uh, they beat yeah.
0: Kringilla in the grand final. We,
1: we got beat by Kringilla up at Balgowney. 1-0. Okay. Warren Bakers missed the penalty in the 30th minute. Should have put his one up. He's missed it. Didn't really knock us out of our stride that much. Right, but, still. but it inspired Kringy. And, and they, they thought the longer this game goes, the longer we Better. can pinch it. And, and they, I think they got an 80th-minute winner. We got beat 1-0, and that was us out. We win, we're in the grand final, lose, poof, season gone. Finished second in the league, missed out one game away from the grand
0: final. And, and what about for yourself, uh, reacquainting yourself with Norm? Because in that sort of early 70s when you joined the yeah, club yeah. at Perry Meadow, oh. you'd,
1: you'd had a season under him? Yeah, yeah, no, it, no. No, yeah, no, no problem whatsoever with Norm. No, no, not Norm was happy as he, he developed Norm was more happy as a coach. Um, or was pretty much the same. He, as he was, was back- yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he just loved coaching. Yep. He just loved coaching, and he had his, he had his style on his yeah. way. And to be honest with it, if you didn't like Norm's way, yep. you weren't in. If you liked Norm's way and towed the line, yep. you were in. That was pretty much it's black and white with Norm. Yep. You know, there was no, you know. Smoke and Mirrors or Ducks and Drakes or anything like that. It was pretty much black and white with Norm.
0: And you had 21 games that year yourself in first grade, so you'd proven yourself. And and obviously the guys sort of loved you having you around.
1: Oh, unbelievable. I had I I I one of the... Probably the the best year outside of my Fairy Meadow years yep. that I'd had. And, and I was looking forward to 88. Yeah. But what happened was the Eye committee in their... So-called wisdom. Yep. Uh, I don't know why they wanted Norm out, oh, I think but, but they obviously did. Yeah. And they they went up to Norm and said, oh, we're going to advertise next year for the job. Right. If you want it, Norm, unfortunately, you're going to have to officially apply." And Norm said, "I'll see you later. I'm out of here." Because And, and, he and, and Norm double, walked. And, and Norm said, walked. Okay. And I walked as well. I said, "Well, if Norm's not here, I'm not here either." I totally disagree with that. Yep. Maybe the Eye Committee could... I, I didn't hang around to, to find out why they... I, I didn't get enlightened onto the yep. reason as to why they wanted Norm out, but it was fairly clear that they wanted Norm out. So I, I said, well, I, I'm going to. Yep. I'm out of here. Norm, I think Norm went to Bulambi for a year first in 88. Okay. Okay. And then 89. But you went to Fernhill in 88. I went 88. to Fernhill in 88, and Jerry Walker was the coach. Uh, yes. that's right. That's my right. apologies, yeah. 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 yeah, Jerry was the coach. Uh, it wasn't a real successful year, to be honest with you. I was still tied up with family and work and one thing and another, so it, it's not one of my greatest memories of a year, but Jerry was an excellent, excellent, totally dedicated oh, coach, coach and footballer oh. and everything. Jerry, Jerry was um, tremendous. Uh, his passion for the game, his passion for the club, and, and he'd do anything to try and help you out. And, yeah, I, I liked it, but I didn't like it because I couldn't commit. Yep. You know, I, I had other things going on at the time. Work and family. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's right. And then 89, when Norm came, well, that was a different story. Norm, Norm came, came in the Lambie, yeah, and he brought yep. a couple of decent players with him to uh, Rod Hill. Rod yep. Hill, brilliant player. Yep. Brilliant centre-half. And, uh, and Peter a Beggs. Called, and a bloke called Davey Curtin. Yeah. And, uh... Chris Curtin as yeah. well. Craig Warburton. Uh, Warbo, yeah. yeah, yeah. Warbo is, yeah, strange character. Warbo, I like him, but yeah, yeah very strange. We we made the semis. Uh, we had uh, Stevie Quinn, Mark Simpson, uh, Peter Thompson, yeah, Mark Salibank.
0: A pretty good year in '89, and then you know you're playing regularly again and. and oh enjoying yeah yeah it. yeah yeah.
1: First break pick yeah yeah yeah. Uh, because that was Norman I's relationship, yeah. you know what I mean. Uh, but we, we 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 had we had our arguments along the way, yep. and we had our disagreements along the way. Yep. Uh, you know, because that was just the way it was. I, I was sort of, you know, I, I've been around the game for quite a while now, yep. and I'd sort of been give to your the, opinion if yeah, if I had something to say, I, I'd I'd put my two bob's worth in. You know yep. what I mean? So, but it was mutual respect for yep. each other, so there, there was no no real drama, and. Um, yeah, and, and he, he bought Begsy down there, Peter Beggs. I, I just rocked up to training one night, and here's Begsy sitting in the shed. <laughs> it was about, I don't know, four or five games in, and, and I actually didn't know Peter okay. until then. I didn't know him. I'd heard of him because yeah. we'd played against him because he was with Sutherland when we were yeah. in the state league and everything. I said, oh, Norm was there. I said, Norm, Peter Beggs, Peter Beggs, Mickey White. Hey, Pete, how you going, mate? And we got on like a house on fire. Absolute gentleman, Peter is. Absolute gentleman. We got on like a house on fire. Because he could play. Yeah. So, yeah, I, like, I like players that can play. You know. So me and Peter got absolutely on like uh, a house on fire. And where were you
0: playing in, in, in that
1: year uh, under Norm? Yeah, Norm sort of stuck me at right back again. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, whatever. And actually, about three games in, our left back got injured. So he had to throw me to left back. So I played the whole season at left back because he had no one else to play left back i said oh come on norm, give me a break he said no you'll be fine mate. don't worry about it <laughs> all right thanks norm done me a favor there but we, we had some great times yeah uh, steve quinn peter thompson mark simpson uh yeah paul salabank uh really good players grant and, Isdale and, uh, uh, yeah well. and gary brooks yeah grant Isdale, all all tremendous clubmen too fernhill Tony Bain, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah.
0: So, what about a couple of those blokes? If you can sort of pick them out and sort of describe where they played and and
1: what made them good players? Yeah, Tony was a um, Tony was a real nuggety little hard bloke. He he played a bit of centre off at times, yep. I think from memory, and and a defensive midfielder type okay. player. Uh, Grant Grant Isdell, Brilliant attacking fullbacks backs I played with him at Furry Meadow as well. So I knew knew all about Grant Isdale. Yeah. yeah. Steve Quinn up front. Even though he was only five foot five, Quinnie he, he could he could jump higher than anyway. Oh really? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Didn't matter if this, the, the the centre forward was six foot. Quinnie could get up there and beat him to the header. And and Pruksy, Gary Prooks, he'd, he'd run through a brick wall for you. Out on the left wing, right wing swapping centre forward, just crossing all over the front line. Uh, yeah, yeah. He'd he'd run through a brick wall. And what about Brilliant. Mark Simpson? Simo, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Mark, yeah, Mark was more of a, I don't know, how can I put it? A um, a pretty player. Okay. He liked it when we were on top and he could get the ball and he could do his stuff. Yep. When the chips were down, nah, where's Mark? Oh, he's gone missing. And I, I, I don't mean that in a nasty way, it just wasn't his nature. Mark loved it when we were on top, we controlled the game. And, 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 a temporal, lot, and, not, and a lot of things went through, Mark, and Mark did a lot of sensational things, don't get me wrong. But if the chips were down, and you know, I'm thinking, come on, Mark, you know, we're in the trenches here, mate. We need you.
0: Next season in 1990, because um, the team in that sort of late 80s, early 90s, the team to beat was Phil, Phil Carr's West Victory. Oh, yes, yes, and, yes. And they were a, a quality team. Yep,
1: and certainly and, were. And then
0: that 1990, you guys, uh, Fernhill, made it to the grand final against them. Yes, so we uh, did indeed, yeah. what do you recall of? Because Norm was still coaching, obviously. Yeah, yeah, And, no. and what do you recall of that um, that season and that grand final?
1: The season was a good season, a very good season. Um, we had um, pretty much uh, a settled squad, settled team from the year before. I can't recall too many additions. Because I think um, Cole Blakeney came in. Um, Ron
0: Vanderbord came in.
1: That's right, they did too, and, yes, And um, yes.
0: Drago Chikic. Drago Chikic, yes, yeah, yeah. Hitch and Warwick Fraser, so... Uh, yeah. Here no, and there.
1: Here and there, yeah. But uh, with the quality you already had, so. Yeah, yeah, yes. But Figgy were the benchmark. Yep. They were the benchmark. They had Donnie Martinoski, Darren Knees up front, Phil Brown running the show, Stevie Heil, uh, Jan Cooper... Sean Billington in goals, brilliant goalkeeper, uh, Ian Weatheridge at the back, Daryl Burley, uh, Larry Barringer, you, you can go through So you know, who were yeah. you marking up against when you played him? Uh, we really didn't go on man for man. The, the way Figgy played, uh, Kari got him crossing over and, and making these nice runs and that. So, uh, Our easiest way was just we just picked up the nearest bloke to us. Yep. There wasn't much point chasing him around man on man because yep. you more could have ended up anywhere. It was yep. more nearest man to you. Yep. And, and when you do get to him, if you can't touch him, you're not close enough.
2: Yep.
1: That was the golden rule. If you can't touch him, you're not close enough. You're not marking him if you can't touch him. <laughs> Simple as that.
0: And was it a kg grand final? Because I think it was only a 1-0 victory. 2-0. We got beat two? Two
1: yeah, 2-0. T- no, they won fair and square. Yep. They won fair and square. We got no complaints. They won fair and square. They were a better side yep. on the day. Probably a better side for the year, to be honest with you. Uh, I think they actually won the league as well as the grand final. Yeah. they done the double, double, double. So, good luck to them. But, no, we got beat fair and square, but we were just happy to make it. Yep. You know, we, we were just happy to make it. And, and, and we had a great bunch of blokes, and uh, we had good supporters, a good committee. And, uh, yeah, no, it, it, everything was fine. No and problem. Because
0: you, you then had uh, another three seasons there, and, and obviously most of the guys roughly stayed the same, but... Um, for you, um, I think it was uh 90, 92, um, norms last year there. You just you had a, a Bampton Cup win. Uh, out yeah. of cringilla against Bully.
1: Yeah, n- ninety three two I think it was. Ninety two. Ninety two was Norms last year, that's yeah. right. We weren't real successful in the league. I don't even think we made the top four to be honest with you. Yep. No, we, we didn't, no. But we made the Bampton final. Yeah,
0: as cringilla.
1: Uh, yeah. We were playing cringilla. Uh, playing at Cringilla against Bulleye. yeah, and, and I've rocked up there uh, For the game And Norm said are you playing middle or midfield Mick? I said oh yeah <laughs> okay yeah no worries Sweet And anyway now I've looked at Bulleye's team sheet And uh, the Bulleye coach at the time Was Dickie uh, Evans yep, Richard, Richard Edmund, Evans yep. He was the Bulleye coach And he'd left Tony Charnock on the bench oh, really? And I said to Norm have a look at this He's got Charnock on the bench I said he's <laughs> mad He's their best player, and Norm said, "Well, aren't you a lucky boy? Because you don't have to chase him around the pitch all day, do you?" I said, "Yeah, that's for sure." So yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, we won. We won three two. It was brilliant, and it was Norm's last game, and it, yeah, it was good. A nice send off. Yeah, it was a nice send off. Yeah, we had the two Morgan boys there playing with us, and um, Rod Hill was still there at that time. Uh, Paul McIlroy was playing. Yeah. yeah, Paul. Yeah. And,
0: and what about um? For yourself, you had one more season at Fernhill and played the full season in '93, and and I think Larry Gaffney took over at that point yes, in time.
1: Yes, yeah, Gaff came in. in Same scenario, finished second in the league, got beat by uh, Wollongong Olympic in yeah. the game to make the grand final, final. down at Port Kembla Wetherill Park, and you wouldn't believe it, I missed the penalty at oh, nil really? nil I, 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 I did penalty. read a few
0: newspaper reports, and you were the penalty taker that year. Yeah, yeah, I missed the penalty.
1: Anyway, but we had a great side. We had the two Marola boys, Dean and Damo. Yep. Uh, David Kerr, brilliant player, David Kerr, brilliant player. Tyrone Evans. Tyrone Evans, Johnny Carney. Uh, Yeah, we we had a really, really good side. Paul D'Arrruti had come back.
0: Paul had come back, yeah, that's
1: right, yeah. Uh, And Gaff was a good motivator. Gaff was a really good coach. And he really put a lot of work into individuals, yep. and he'd, he'd really work on somebody's strength to make it stronger type yep. thing. He, he, if he had a weakness, Gaff didn't worry about that. He just wanted to work on your, your strengths. Yep. And that, that was Gaff's, um, you know, that was Gaff's, the way he coached, and it was a good thing for him to have. You know, if the guy can't kick with his left foot, well, don't worry about it. Yep. Let's make his right foot stronger. Simple as that. Uh, and and let's, let's face it, well, with... I know I shouldn't diminish it, but it's only district football. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're not playing Premier League or anything not playing like for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Gaff was great, and then I left '93 after we got beat uh, by Olympic. Olympic went on to the grand final uh, against Kringilla, yeah, Maybe yeah, I think it was. It, it was a controversial grand final. Uh, Mario Mastriani was refing at the time, and uh, apparently the full time whistle had blown, but it hadn't. And somebody headed in, and Mario let it go, saying, "No, I didn't buy the <laughs> whistle, but we stopped playing." So yeah, it, it was a bit of a debacle. <laughs>
0: and and for yourself, that was a I guess a weird one because you then um, transferred across in in '94 to to and then yeah, that, that was a yeah. sort of I guess at that point in time, uh, Corrimal and Russell had emerged to become Northern United, That's right, playing yeah, out yeah. a Memorial. But there were some. Ex Russellvale mm-hmm. people, uh, Brian Adamson. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget the other gentleman's uh, name, but
1: the, the, the Starr family were heavily involved. Yeah, um, so it was a
0: strange time that some of the old Russellvale people still wanted to be at Corley Park, and exactly uh, right, yeah, yeah. And so, how did they get onto
1: you? Uh, they uh, they advertised okay in the newspaper, and I, I'd sort of. I thought, oh, I might
2: give that a go. Because you were 34
1: turning 35 yeah, that well, year. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and I thought, actually, I might give that a go. Why not? But Gaff, Larry Gaffney wanted me to stay at Fern Hill. Yep. But he wanted me to be his assistant. Okay. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. I think that's Gaff's polite way of okay. showing me the door. <laughs> and, and, which is fair enough. You know, you're getting older and he's got, he's got, he's got all these contacts. And he's bringing in brilliant, right, so. brilliant players like the Marolas and and stuff like that. And so I thought, oh, maybe it's time to go. Mate. Maybe yeah. it's time to go. So I applied for the job, and I got it. And and as it turned out, a friend of mine who played at Bulleye with Michael English, he also applied for it. Yeah. Uh, Ingo, and um, they um, they gave him the uh, assistant's job. Okay. So we got along fine. Uh,
0: you're at Corleyville. Vale.
1: At Corleyville, Vale, yeah. Uh, and how did
0: he, how did the season go in your your mind? Because they were in the the third tier. It was yeah. In, that was the year that
1: the I think, I don't know if they were South Coast, no, they weren't South Coast football by then, but they were Illawarra Premier League still, yep. Illawarra soccer. And they thought, oh, we've got to change the system, yep. which, which was absolutely ridiculous because when the Premier League was introduced in 1977, it worked absolutely perfectly. First grade, reserve grade, under 18s. Yeah. Not a problem. The the system was not broke. It didn't need fixing. And for some reason, these clowns at the IFA, wherever they were, thought, "Oh, we're going to change this around. We're going to make it better." There was nothing wrong with it in the first place. You couldn't make it any better than it was. You know, there was two up, two down, two two leagues, uh, first division, second, uh, Premier League, first division, two up, two down, end of, no problem. But so, uh, yeah, we were confined to a uh, third-tier competition with there's ten only, teams. And only two grades as well. in, in Two the... grades, two yeah. grades, ten teams. So it was an 18, 18 round. round. Uh, yep. And it, it was interesting. Um, I managed to uh, recruit... And were you, you were playing as well as oh, coaching. Oh, I was pl- playing coaching. Yep. Yeah. And I managed to recruit a couple of excellent players. Uh, Paul Morgan. Yep. Uh, who was a brilliant, brilliant player, Paul Morgan? Yeah. You wouldn't have thought it to look at him. You know, he's only five foot five, and you wouldn't even thought he was a footballer. But when he was on that park, he, he could do anything. And and another bloke, I uh, signed a really good goalkeeper, Tony Mullall. Okay. And uh, he's he was probably he, he was in the top three keepers in the whole region. Never mind playing <laughs> third division, he, he could have played gone and played Premier League with somebody. But he was he was a really good mate of Paul's, and I was the mate of Paul's, and, and it all came together. Uh, it was a bit of a disappointing year. We didn't make the top four or anything like that. And and then they folded the year after. Okay. I, I actually yeah. rang uh, Brian Adamson up and said, what's happening next year, mate? Because Balambi's approached me. Yep. And, and he said, look, Mick, to be honest with you, we're not going to be around next year. So if Balambi's approached you, take it. So he knew that they tried their best to keep the Russellvale, Corleyvale spirit alive, yeah. but... At the end, it, it just didn't work for him. Yeah,
0: and and for yourself, before we move on to your couple of years at Balambi there, and then you had two at White Eagles before you went to back to Balambi for a fair chunk. Uh, what about you know? It's sad when a, a club like Russellvale then sort of exits the league, and and then you had the sort of same feeling, even though you weren't around with Ferry Meadow. It must have broken your heart. And I think it was around eighty nine when when Ferry Meadow had sort of finished up as well. It, it must because. Yeah. I guess when people know or call out your name or speak of you, it's predominantly from your Fairy Meadow days. Oh, definitely so, yeah. So yeah. that must have well, sort of uh, I, I broke I, the heart a little bit in a footballing it sense. Like,
1: when I left Fairy Meadow, and I've explained the reasons why, yeah. I, I still wish the club well. Yeah. I had no idea that within three years they'd be folded. Yeah. If I had of, and if I could turn back time now, I would have not left. So, and, and, I, and I would have said, listen guys, okay, we're over the state league thing. It's too. Uh, we, it's, it's not sustainable. It's yep. costing too much money.
2: Yep.
1: Uh, let's, go, let's go back to Premier League. Yep. Let's go back and dominate like we did before. Yeah. And we yeah. would have done. To this day, Furry Meadow still would have been alive now. Uh, uh, boys. Uh, uh, the top club in, in this region. I, I, I've got no doubt about that. And I've got no doubt about the fact that I, I'd still be there involved with them in some way.
0: Some shape or form. And, and my yep.
1: four boys, they would have played with Furry Meadow as well. I would have made sure of it.
0: But you went to Boulambi in 94 and, and a couple yep, of years yep, there as, yep. just as a player?
1: Uh, no, Cause, no, no, no. Because play uh, a, oh, a player, coach, sorry. Yeah, yeah. The, the first, uh, they actually approached me, yep. Dave Mollison, yep. uh, Scottish guy. Not a bad player on his day actually too, Dave Mollison. He was on the committee at Boulambi and, and he rang me up and said, Mick, what are you doing? Yep. I've heard Corley Vale's was on the rocks. They might not be around. Do you fancy coaching us? And, that's when I went to Addo first, gave him first yep. refusal. So, and then I signed with Blamby, yeah, yeah, yeah. And same again, we were in the third tier but Yep. Yeah. But I managed to get a, a decent bunch of blokes together, actually. And um, we, uh, we came second in the league and we made the grand final and we got promoted. Uh, and then that's when they scrapped the third division anyway and they went back <laughs> to two. They realised the error of their ways and they went back to the two, two leagues. And I, I stayed around for the following year wasn't as successful, not as good. And how are you
0: finding the coaching, caper? You were playing as well, so it's hard to be a player coach. But how are you finding coaching? Because d- you'd been around some quality d- coaches. D- the coaches d- that you were coached by were
1: quality <laughs> oh, yeah, quality yeah. coaches. To be honest with you, I can't understand why people say, oh, it's hard to be a player coach. It's not it hard isn't. to be a player coach. No way. Nope. I was playing sweeper at the back, yep. on the pitch, directing traffic, looking at all in front of me, yep. got more control of it than I have sitting on the sideline, okay. you know. On the bench. So you still had some... Trying to barking out the instructions. <laughs> so I found it easy. It just came yeah. natural to you. I had no problem whatsoever, yeah. And yeah.
0: how were you enjoying playing at sweeper?
1: Well, I had to. I was a bit slow by then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think me, me right-wing and centre-forward days were well and truly behind me. But <laughs> So, yeah, but no, no, it was no problem. No problem at all whatsoever. And Johnny Carney came and played with us. Uh, Sean Wakeling came and played yep. with us. Uh Rob Beretti come and played with us uh, Steve Giraldi he came along yep. um, yeah Andy Hall we had some really good players uh, Shorty Shorty come and played with us uh, and, and, and we were a, we weren't just turning up for training training and playing we were mates yeah we'd, we'd go out have a, and a beer we'd after, tra- after training uh, and, and after and, and, games and I, I, I used to make that you know I used to stress that righto guys Let's, let's go up the league. Yep. a couple of beers after training. And, and we sort of all really got along. And, and that helped the environment through the club. club. You know, it, it, was, it was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And then I had, uh, then I left. Yep. Yeah, because a, a new committee was formed mm-hmm. and they wanted to go in a different direction to what I wanted to go in. So I said, listen, guys, I've enjoyed my time here, but, but- I'm going to move on. Yeah. And, and you um, had a
0: couple of years that, um, on your list that you... Yeah, a well, long while it was. Yeah.
1: Uh, back to the Police Boys Oval. Yeah, exactly.
0: Back to I was the Police ask you Boys about Oval, that. yeah.
1: So it must have brought back some memories. It certainly did, yeah. yeah. Chris Agnew was the coach.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, he had a really good team there. Really good team. Uh, Paul Jones was in goals. Uh, he was excellent. I think he was a Balgani junior yeah, from memory. Yeah. Paul Jones, yeah. yeah. Uh, and David Green. Yeah. David Green. Top yeah. bloke, David Green. Phenomenal bloke. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, i I'd knew David from when he was, you know, just a, a kid coming through the ranks, you know, and uh, I got along real well with him. Uh, and Luby, Luby Majeski, I think his name was. Now yep. I'm not sure. He was an excellent player. Uh, so and Kemba Wara were there as well. Okay. And they were they were our main rival. And it came down to a ding dong battle between us and Kemba Wara to get promoted into the Premier League because okay. we were in the First Division. And as it turned out, Kemble War won the league, and they got promoted, and they beat us in the grand final. final. So,
0: and and you were playing sweeper that year as
1: well? Or uh, or no, you, I, was, Chris I, I was back to middle of midfield. Okay, back to middle of midfield. bit of fullback now and again, but mainly middle of midfield. Uh, unfortunately, again playing up at Peckton, we were having a tremendous game, and bloody smash! Somebody's cleaned me up from behind injured. (laughs) Five games to go, played every game first grade all year. Five games to go, I'm injured, so I've missed a couple of weeks. I've had to come back through reserve grade. And Chris said, "Uh, you're not quite right, mate. You're not quite right. So I ended up playing reserve grade and then sitting on the bench for first. And then the grand final, we we actually made the grand final in reserve grade. We won that. And then I came on... uh, Bit after half time in the first great grand final, but we got beat in that one, so we won one, lost one.
0: And so the following year at White Eagles was second that year and then first in the next Premier year?
1: League, yeah, yeah. Goran Trevesky was there, he was an excellent player. Danny, Danny, uh, oh, forget this guy, Danny, right winger, he was, he wasn't a bad player. And, uh, and Chris
0: was Chris taking was coaching the side again, again. Yep.
1: yeah, yeah, but it, we we weren't up to it, yep. we weren't up to it, we, we weren't good enough, we weren't yep. good enough, no. Um, we didn't even look like making the semi finals. Uh, and it was a pretty ordinary year because the previous year with the White Eagles, when you're winning, they love you. They love you. How good is this? How good is this? How good is this? We, we love you, we love you, we love you. The following year, we weren't doing so well. Ah. <laughs> they, they sort of got a lot of the players offside because right. they weren't happy that we weren't winning. But we can only do what we can do. Yep. If you're not happy, well, what are you going to do about it? You know, set the coach, get some new players, <laughs> do whatever. But we're trying our best here. But they weren't they weren't as welcoming and they weren't as friendly because we weren't winning. So you you had two years there, and
0: then you you went back to Blamby. Um So you spent from I guess '99 to 2003, and and as your list, you had you know your first grade coach in '99, and then. Um, Assistant coach to Barney King, and then a couple of seasons with him, and then another assistant coach role, and then you did help on the committee a little bit. Yeah, so.
1: that's right. Yeah, I, I actually became secretary at one year. The club was in dire straits; they were they were that close to folding. And um,
0: and I mean, was that just down to lack of players or lack of committee or just, just nobody, oh, no, not not
1: not players, just committee? No, basically Robert Banks was running the show by himself. Wow, and he called it a, an, an emergency meeting. And he said, listen, guys, if I don't get some help here, we're going to fold. Yep. We're going to fold. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be secretary for you. Got a bit more time on my hands yeah. by then. I was back working back in Wollongong and what have you. And uh, a bloke called Dave Graham, he said, I'll, I'll be secretary, uh, president, sorry. And they brought in another couple of committee members. And it sort of turned the club around a little bit. Yep. And it was good because, you know, Blamby's been around forever.
0: Yeah, great club. A yeah, great that's right, yeah
1: a lot of history there so we managed to survive that um, and I just I, I basically just you know winded it down a bit, yeah. and ended up being captain coach in reserve grade for a couple of years me first grade days were over and you know so yeah
0: and how did how did your mind take that because it seems to me while we've been talking and the reports that I read that you're you know a competitive man I um, love the teams you're involved with were always successful or vying yeah, for top spots. Yeah, so yeah. was it hard or did you just know in your mind that the body, the mind could do things, but the body just couldn't back it up?
1: Exactly. I, I just knew me time was up. Yep. I, I just knew, nah, it's over me. And the lucky thing was that in 2000, 2004, I started pre-season training with him, but my youngest boy, Dale, he was yep. only 15 at the time.
0: Yep.
1: And he'd, made Fernhill's under 20, 20 side yep. and my third boy Lee he was captain of that oh, okay. side at the time and I said to Linda my wife I said I've got to give it away I've got to watch this this is the one and only time to watch them both I am going to see these two playing in, in, in this scenario I thought so at the time yeah. but as it happened down the track they, they still played but it was at this, this point in time and yep. and, and And I'm glad I did because, yeah, it it was a joy to watch them. And they won everything, even though they they were in the uh, first division. They still they won the they they won the youth cup. They won the league. They won the grand final. And even
0: even in that sort of period there, where you sort of, I guess, Balambi, White Eagles, and whatnot, were you coaching them at a
1: junior level, your boys? Or Uh, yes, oh yeah, 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 Yeah. definitely, yeah, yeah. I coached uh, I coached my oldest boy. My oldest boy was eleven. And my second boy, Sean, was only nine.
0: Yep.
1: And Fernhill wanted to put him in two different sides. And I was coaching the under-11s. And I said, I'm not loving that. I'm not going to Ellensburg at, <laughs> at eight in the morning. And, and the other one's <laughs> going sure to Kuyama at 1.30 <laughs> in the afternoon. So I said to Sean, you're playing with us, mate, in the under-11s. So I brought my nine-year-old up to play in the under-11s with us. And he never missed a beat. Never missed a beat. Absolutely killed it.
0: So was it um,
1: a, a joy and we to... had We had Daniel Hudson. Yeah. Uh, and we, we played Russellvale in the grand final. And they had uh, Matthew Bailey yep. playing for Russellvale under elevens at the time. And, and uh, Ian Funnell was their coach at the time, Beanie. Yep, Beanie, yeah. And um, Matthew Bailey was a good player. But Daniel Hudson was twice as good as Matthew Bailey. Daniel Hudson is the best kid I have ever seen. Yeah, great guy. Play from, from the moment I got hold of him at 10-year-old. I said, mate, you can do anything. I actually went down to his parents' place when the Wolves were, were trialling. I said, Paul and Jenny, I said, you've got to take Daniel down to these trials. You've got to take him. He's miles, he's head and shoulders above anybody I've seen. And unfortunately, he didn't get picked, which worked out good for me because he came back and played with <laughs> Fern Hill. But, yeah, so, yeah, I actually was, yeah, I, I had three years with him. We went from third to second to first in three years.
0: So it must have been a, sort of uh, one of those great life moments to oh, then yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, not as competitive, the world that you'd played in and, and even coached oh, yeah, in yeah. compared to, say, junior chalk soccer. And
1: cheese. Chalk and cheese, chalk right. I, I think everybody knows that has coached an under-11 side, say, in the second division or whatever. You've got... Maybe whole range four, four or five kids can play, yep. and the other ones couldn't kick a ball out of sight in a dark night, you know? But you don't tell the kids that. No. You, you encourage them, and you try and improve them. Yep. But in reality, you know, nah, he's never going to be a footballer. <laughs> but it's all about the kids' enjoyment and, and participation, part and, and that's what it was all about for me, you know? And uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great.
0: And, and, and even that year where you talked about that they played youth grade together, there was... For you, there was no regrets. Some of us are a long-time retired, or you are, and so there was no regret saying, oh, I should be playing. You just enjoying watching the boys play?
1: I, or you still had a bit of an itch? Uh, to this day, I say, I still, I still should be playing. Gary Prooks, he's still playing at 59 in the <laughs> over 40s. I'm thinking, how does he do that? He is a machine. <laughs> yeah, he is at a 59 machine. years of age, and i think I should be like Prooksy, I should still be playing. But no, nah, nah, I knew my time was up. I knew it was all over. And even
0: even, that, even um, uh, in the next sort of two thousand five and I think two thousand seven and eight, you still had a niche of somewhat of being involved in the club and and you coached at Fernhill and, and helped them out. Yeah, exactly. At, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and 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 successfully as well. So how did you find that period?
1: Oh, oh, I thoroughly I enjoyed it. Um, well, it was a natural progression for me. i would given up playing in 2004, watched their youth grade side, yeah. and I was very close to Fernhill, because i would had the six years yeah, prior time, with yeah. them, and I knew that committee very well, Maxi Holtz, Craig well. Gimer, they knew me, and I said to them one day, hey, I wouldn't mind coaching reserves if you, because they had their first grade uh, coach already lined up, yep. um, Boyley, Alan yep. Boyle, and, and a, a nice fella too, and um, I said, I wouldn't mind coaching reserves if, if the job's going, they said, yeah, no worries mate, off you go, and that was that, yeah. And, yeah, it was great. And we had some great players, but honestly. That Fernhill... Them two Fernhill reserve grade sides that I coached. Yeah, I think I played against them. They they, they 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 could have played first grade. Honestly, not so much 2005, but definitely 2007 when Alan Alan Payne came along. And he's another brilliant coach, Alan Payne. He's he's like a Jurgen Klopp and and, and these new Pep Guardiola-type managers, structured... Got everything in place. Knows how to play. He's got you know patterns and all yep. stuff like that. A- Alan Payne, I-, I thought I had nothing to learn until <laughs> I-, I joined Alan Payne as a as an assistant, and I'm thinking, wow, opened your eyes, opened oh, me eyes, and I thought I've been around the game for forty years, and what's going on? And um, yeah, so but but that 2007 side, we had a bloke playing for us called Al Adam Palaff. Nugget, we used to call him. Yeah, Nugget, yeah. He was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I used to remember saying it, it at half time, I said, listen, guys, no superstars in this side except Nugget. But And then I started to call him Maradona. <laughs> I said, except Maradona. And everybody. whenever I mentioned the name Maradona, everybody knew what I was talking about. Uh, but that that 2007 reserve grade side, it could have played first grade. It would have finished mid-table in first grade. Never mind reserve grade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which was... Uh, Evident because we run away with the league and smash the grand final four-one and that, yeah. But the, the players that came through there was just unbelievable. Every one of them, in their individual right, would have played first grade somewhere else. Somewhere else, yeah, um, because of the strong m- squad. M- yeah, and, and collectively, they they would have been a mid-table side. But individually, any one of them could have slotted into your to your Dandaloos, to your Port Campbellers, to your, your wherever your Cringillos at the time. Any one of them could have slotted in and, and played first grade, but because we had such a squad, um, they That's played third red. But they were happy with it anyway, so it didn't matter. And
0: you finished your time at Fernhill, and and I guess um, you've been watching your young blokes play and 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 whatnot. So, do you sort of miss being involved at a club with a specific role, or or you're happy with? I'm pretty happy. Pretty yeah, happy. I'm pretty
1: happy. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I'm over it now. Yeah, I'm yeah. 61 now. I had a good run, I had a good run, had some great times, met some great people, made some lifelong friends, uh, no, no, I'm happy with my lot, but what I am happy about is that my youngest boy, Dale, is now coaching Fern Hill, yeah. and that gives me a, a, an interest to go yeah. down and watch football again, because I yep. sort of got a bit you know, detached from it for a while, for whatever reason, And uh, but now... Now I'm thinking, well, this is great, Dale, because of the COVID situation this year. Yeah, it was a different This, was his, this was his first year. They only played eleven games. They made the semis, but it was disruptive, and you know, it, 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 it's basically the season you forget. Yeah. If you know what I mean. But now he's back on board again. This year he's coaching again. This year, and I'm looking forward to uh, to going down and, and, and watching Fern Hill. Yeah.
0: And does he uh, uh, give you a call and use you as a sprint? sort of sounding board or or do you just go down and watch and if he asks you ask, you'll, you'll say what you no, have to no, say no, or you no, just no, leave it no. and He tells me maybe...
1: he tells me what he's doing. And <laughs> I say, okay mate, well I'll come down and sit there and have a look and I'll tell you where you're going wrong. But he doesn't <laughs> listen to me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I purposely try to stay out of yep. it. Yep. It's it's not my it's not my call. Yeah. If you know what right. I mean. I Go down there. I watch. I didn't watch that many games because of the COVID situation what gotcha. have you. Yeah. Yeah. But I did watch a few, oh, yeah. and and I did sort of, you know, give him a few thoughts that yeah. I had. Yep. Whether he took them on board or not, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yep. But uh, no, it's his gig, and he can go for it. And good luck to him. If he comes up to me one day and asks me a bit of advice, well, sure, I'll give I'll it give to it. him. But yeah,
0: what about um. We're talking, say, if we go back, and I know what-ifs in life aren't great, but uh, what if your parents had never immigrated over here? Where did you see your uh, sort of footballing life heading in, in the United Kingdom? You know, it's no, hard to sort of say it, because it's it's, it's, it's a different say. environment over there. It's a, yeah, It was a yes. professional environment. Do you think you would have played... You know, uh, you tried to push yourself at a higher non-league club or third or fourth it's, tier or... It's hard to say. Because you you it's had a sort say. of burning passion for the game. Oh, shit,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, there was a bloke, there was a kid a little bit younger than me, maybe eight or nine months old. His name was Steve Burke. <laughs> yep. And um, I kept him out of the side. Yep. Um, and he went on to play for Forest. Okay. But... Look, no way in the world but am I suggesting saying you're saying it, but that I could have done that. But did you but ever think the, about the, it? The, the, I didn't have the opportunity. Yep. I'll never know. Yep. I'll never know. I was never a gifted footballer, don't, not by any stretch of the imagination, um, but I just loved it. And I'll give you 100% every day, all day, and I just loved it. Uh, n- not gifted, not natural ability, but definitely... The passion and the heart was there. Whether I would have gone on to anything in England, I don't know. Don't know. Probably not, but we'll never know. And what about um, a few final
0: questions? I know I've taken up your time and I appreciate it, Mickey. What about your favourite period in the game? Was it it in that sort of mid to late 70s or was it more sort of that early 80s where you're in the State League where you sort of were with Ferry Meadow that you thought this is sort of my best period and what I enjoyed the most. Or I know you would have enjoyed it all, but...
1: But no, no, no. Far and away was my time at Fairy Meadow. Yep. Far and away.
0: That's sort that, of, that, that, that sticks in your mind? That's
1: where I landed at Fairy Meadow Hostel. Yep. And that's where I stayed for 14 years, in Ferry Meadow. Yep. And head and shoulders far and away above anything else that I did playing football in the Illawarra. It was all about Fairy Meadow. Definitely so.
0: And... I know it's hard to pick because you've got so many i guess coaches and players but is there a few blokes uh, sort of coaches and players that stick in your mind about going Well, oh, geez if if i could go back in the time machine and and be coached by this bloke again i'd love to or or players as well
2: um, that you just
0: love playing with that you just
1: had some sort of look, chemistry it, it, with it, it didn't bother me it just didn't bother me i just turned up for training and, oh he's a new guy coming oh, is he any good <laughs> i don't know Let's have a look at it. No, he's useless, Frank. Don't sign him, he's no good. <laughs> um so I, I was part of the furniture at Furry Meadow, if you yep. know what I mean. I, I made it I made it a, a goal of mine to get involved with Frank and Walter because yep. I wanted I wanted them to go ahead and succeed yep. and and I was forever saying frank what's going on what's going on? I always wanted to know what was going on within the club, yep. you know because it wasn't just about playing on a Saturday. set the club it was about successful what was happening with the club and yep. and who we were getting and what we were doing so yeah um Mike Johnson probably the the best coach i've ever had by far, yep. uh because of his professionalism and his attitude uh player wise uh there's too many there's yeah. too many to mention it really there's too many to mention player-wise yeah. yeah
0: well yeah. Mickey I know I've taken up too much of your time and, and Linda as well I appreciate it and it's very I'm very honoured to speak to you and be allowed in your house and uh, I really appreciate the time that we've had and and thank you very much for being on the
1: podcast. No problem whatsoever, I really mate. I thoroughly enjoyed it, mate. Thoroughly enjoyed Thanks, it. Mate. Thanks, uh, I don't know who wants to listen to me uh, go on about my life, but anyway, I've more well, than enjoyed it, anyway. mate. Thank you very much. I appreciate yeah. it.
0: Well, it is here where we finish episode 56. Once again, I'd like to sincerely thank... Mickey for the time he spent conversing with me in his home. As always, thank you for listening and downloading this podcast. I'm your host, Travis. Goodbye for now.